has a potential of, of becoming a super spreader of, of the COVID-19 of the COVID-19 pandemic due to over, overcrowding and lack of social distancing. COVID is not over. Uh, people are still dying from it, especially for our elderly person. In response to a question that was asked by Ms. P, Ms. S. P. Gobani at the National Assembly six years ago, the department stated the following. The Tembisa office will not be upgraded by SASA as the Ekuruleni municipality has confirmed that the building is earmarked for upgrade within their urban renewal program. Six years later, no such upgrading has happened and SASA clients and employees have to expose themselves to a risk of contracting COVID-19 on a daily basis. On a daily basis. DA Councillor uh, Bongani Ngosi tabled a motion in Ekurleni and was told it could not be debated because it was a national comp- competency. Yeah. DA MPL Rufulenseke asked questions about it in Gauteng legislature and it was told and she was told it, it is a national comp- competency. So if national says uh, Ekurleni and if the national says Ekurlen has to be accountable and Ekurlen says it's national, who is going to look after the Tembisa Sasa? Our residents do need to a, a functional Sasa office. This is why we decided to petition you, to petition you as, as parliament to fix, um, to fix the Sasa office. And Sasa belongs to, and if it says the Sasa belongs to national, I speak here representing um, over 2,000 people who signed the petition and even those who could not get the petition but equally concerned. Thank you very much, Tabazan. Okay. Can I ask a question? Thank you very much for the presentation. Any additions? Can can I ask whether are you a, 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 an employer, an employee of Sasa, or are you just a community oh, member? Yeah. I'm representing the community. Okay, thank you. Any additions from whoever? None. Okay, can we give over to Sasa CEO? Good morning, Chair. Uh, good morning, honorable members. Uh, I don't know if the minister wanted to start first uh, before I, I, we submitted a presentation, uh, Chair, yesterday so that we could go through the context within Gauteng as a whole and then we'll speak specifically to the position of Rabasutu and the Kempton Park area as a whole. Minister, let me hand over to you first. You're yeah, muted, Minister. Minister. Chair. Hello. LinkedIn. Uh, good morning, Chairperson. I am here. Oh. I, I do not want, through you, Chairperson, good morning. I don't want to be wasting time. Can I 
I I just uh, give back to the CEO because that is, she's the accounting officer and she has the response uh, to this particular issue through you, Chairperson. I I hand over back to to you. Okay, thank you very much, uh, Minister. And sorry for not giving you to give the political overview on this. I think I was struck by this petition. I wanted them to just present themselves and then uh, continue with our business of the day. Can we can we uh, request the CEO on this uh, matter? Thank, thank you, Chair. I will ask Zama to to uh, to to load uh, the presentation, Chair. Uh, but basically what we thought was important for context was for us uh, to to just highlight uh, the, 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 the issues related to counting as a whole so that uh, we can, even though we won't uh, indicate the issues related to the country as a whole and the properties and the approach that we currently use and what impact uh, it has uh, on service delivery. Zama, please allow the presentation. So the purpose of the presentation, Chair, I will do uh, the initial part and Temba Matlo, who's responsible for Gauteng, will complete uh, the presentation. The purpose, uh, Chair, is to, to report on the Sasa Gauteng region office accommodation, including uh, that of Tembisa, which is the one that has been reported. The procurement of, Sasa, of, of, of accommodation for Sasa is guided by the Sasa Immovable Property uh, Management uh, uh, Policy. And in terms of the policy, the policy only allows us as Sasa uh, to go and procure uh, uh, properties only if they are uh, owned uh, by state-owned institution. If the property is owned uh, by by, uh, the private sector, this is done uh, through public works. It's very important, Chair, to just highlight that uh, in the Gauteng region, we have a total number of 42 leases. 20, uh, 27 out of the four, uh, 42 are direct leases uh, that are, have been done between Sasa and the, and the private landlords. What's critical to clarify, Chair, is that those pot, uh, properties would be properties that we, we've had since the establishment of the institution. And 15 out of the 42 are leases that have been contracted through public works. In terms of the portfolio as a whole that we have as an organization, despite the current uh, policy framework, SASA has overall 600 properties and 500 properties are actually... uh, CEO, CEO. excuse me, CEO. Where is this presentation that you requested to be flighted? Okay, let me, Zama, please flight the, the presentation. Otemba, can you flight it, please? I can't find Zama, uh, CEO, on the, through you, through chair, through you, chair. I can't find Zama as a participant. Yeah. Uh, she's battling to share, chair. Is it Temba Matlow? Yeah, Temba Matlow. Can you please flight the presentation? Okay, I'll make Temba a co host, chair, uh, CEO. Okay. Hey. Apologies. Have, yeah, I have to learn how to fly the presentation, CEO. <laughs> Let uh, me try. Lindue? Let uh? me try. Do, can't you help me to flight it? 
Brenton, can you fly it for us? Where's sharing? I'm trying to check the sharing. Mm -hmm. or I can flight it if Lindy can uh, make me a okay, call. Okay, go, go ahead, Pinky. Yeah. Go ahead, flight it. Your name is? Uh, Pinky Doy. Pinky Thank you very much. Uh, Chair, what, what I will do is I will ensure that I don't go into detail with regards to the rest of the portfolio so that we can ensure that we can focus basically on what we've done and, and intend uh, uh, doing uh, in, 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 um, in Rabasutu in particular. Um, Pinky, are you still battling to flight it? Pinky, I've made you a co-host, you can flight, and Rapatla as well. Thanks, Rapate. Thank you very much. Uh, so, so Chair, as I was still uh, highlighting, is that in Gauteng region, we have uh, 42 properties that are direct leases uh, between Sasa and the private landlords. These would be the properties that we started with uh, initially when we established the institution, and, and 15 of them are leased uh, through uh, public works. In terms of the current framework, as I indicated earlier on, is that um, we are supposed that a, a, a public works is supposed to be overall uh, responsible for finding properties for us. And as uh, indicated, uh, Chair, over time uh, on the impact that we have uh, with regards to us ending up with a, 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 a leases that expire and impact on us uh, with regards to um, uh, irregular expenditure than we then experience is that we've continued to battle in terms of making sure that this this replacement actually happen, happens. So at a high level, Chair, we've just indicated as to uh, which properties are paid uh, through SASA in terms of Gauteng. Um, uh, we're just focusing on Gauteng. So what we're looking at is the direct listing that we have, uh, Chair, and we've just uh, provided a list of a list of all those different properties, including obviously head office, which is also um, a, a falling under 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 public works. And we've battled, as indicated earlier on, in terms of replacing. Uh, so uh, the uh, the offices that uh, we we what we've opted uh, chair to again manage the issue of uh, irregular expenditure that we've. We, we've had. Uh, Pinky, can you go go to the slide that talk, talks about progress to date? You don't have to go through the detail on the others. As I indicated, Chair, is that uh, we have had, uh, which we presented to Portfolio Committee, an impact uh, in terms of irregular expenditure that we've had on a number of, uh, of properties. We then engaged as a team to look at what strategy do we explore on our own so that we can make sure that we manage uh, the issue of, of uh, expired leases, but over and above that we make sure that we can provide support 
to the communities in terms of uh, us getting our own VCs because we're not winning, winning with public works. So what we've done is we have uh, uh, requested the minister to give us a, 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 a mandate for us on specific properties for us to go to the market on our own so that we can get properties to ensure that we can provide a better service to our people because it is a, a challenge. We've recently awarded six lease agreements for accommodation, which we advertise on our own for us to be able to curb irregular expenditure over and above, uh, also just uh, providing support to our communities. Uh, the offices that we've recently done on our own include Benoni Springs, Alexandra, Linasia, Fogville, and, 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 and Ferienache. So what I will do, I'll do, Chair, is I will uh, ask Temba to focus, uh, to provide the status report on where we are with Rabasutu, including the overall area in Kempton Park. Temba, I hope you'll be able to do the rest of the presentation. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, and good morning to honorable members. Um, honorable to the minister as well. Um, indeed, it is correct that um, we we have an office in Tembisa. Um, we have been occupying this office since uh, 2006. And indeed, the, as the petition has been indicated, the location of the office is accessible to citizens in Tembisa, but though it's got challenges, that this office is only serving people of Tembisa and there's challenges about space, which is not adequate. And indeed, people had to wait for longer period before they could receive the service due to the size of the building that we got around Tembisa. And indeed, the building at the time, it was difficult to keep the building clean because it also compromises the safety and the officials due to overcrowding. The building was really not conducive. Um, also to saving the people with disability and, and elderly people. Um, the next slide. Um, indeed, the, the office, because it, it was the only office in Tembisa, it served approximately 250 people per day. Um, and as a result, the stakeholders in Eguruleni and the community of um, Tembisa raised concern regarding the state of office building because beneficiary around the area suffered consequences of adverse weather, um, which is such as uh, cold during the cold winter and rainy seasons. And various stakeholders as well, including the community development workers at the meet through public meetings, indeed they raised complaints uh, with regards to the condition of the office. Uh, at Rabasoto. And then uh, the next slide, um, the next slide starting to engage on wh what were the intervention that Sasa tried to do. Uh, we did then commence with the process of searching for an alternative office space around Tendisa. But unfortunately, we could not succeed um, to find the office at the time. We even made an attempt at Kopanong Old Age Home, uh, which is just adjacent from the, the current building. 
Um, and unfortunately, we could not reach an agreement because of the due to limited office space as well. Then the, the next slide. During the process of consultation uh, between us and the municipality, which is actually correct that the building belongs to the municipality, whatever that we need to do in the building in terms of upgrading, renovation, we need to sort permission from the municipality to do that. We did engage with the municipalities at the time just to refurbish the building and make it conducive to address the challenges that were raised by the community. And at some point that approval was granted to, to do with some uh, few minor areas. And then we were able to build a waiting area. And we also provided an additional toilet um, with, with the funding that were given, which includes um, toilets for males and females and which caters for people with disability. And we further also, the office was expanded to cater for the back office work and also a bit of waiting area for clients um, over the renovations that were taken, which we wanted to comply with the, the OHS um, its standard. And the next slide. Um, and chair, we, 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 we should indicate again that uh, in trying to respond to the challenges, because we still realize that because the, the township is quite big um, and the office still, it is not at that level where we can say it can actually accommodate everyone and, and we can meet all the requirements. We then decided that uh, let's engage with the municipality again to try to see if we can find any other office accommodation just to ease the pressure in Rabasoto. That's where then we were able to secure uh, an office in Winnie Mandela section, uh, which is five kilometer radius from Rabasoto, just as, a, as an intervention to, to try to, to, to reduce the, the impact that Rabasoto is facing. We, we had this office and then we launched with the councillors and municipalities. Um, the office is the, in the same vicinity, Tembisa Clinic and Negurin Customer Care Center, which is operating five days a week where we do all the grant value chain as well. So we try to, to share the responsibility. All the services that are, are rendered in, in Ravasoto were able to render that. This is because of the lack of office space around Tembisa area, but we tried to say, let's find at least an alternative space, which we try to get. And next slide. Yeah, Honorable Chair, I think that was responding to the issue of um, of Tembisa alone. Indeed, the, the question that we raised with petition are very, are, are very valid. To a certain extent, we try to address those issues. And, and, and when the issue was raised, even in the legislature to say it's a national competency, they were actually referring that SASA is a national competency. But in terms of us refurbishing the office to look like a more habitable, we relied too much on municipality because it belongs to municipality. And in us reaching, looking for alternative office space, we're engaging with public works to assist us in that regard. This is far, as far as Tembisa as well. So the Captain Park office as well, just in the summary. Captain Park, I think mem honorable members will know that this has been an, an issue for quite a while. We have also requested public works to assist as CFO, as CEO has already indicated in terms of the portfolio, um, the, portfolio the, the office accommodation portfolio. And public works tried to, to, to search for accommodation and they struggled quite a long time where the bids had to be canceled because there was non-responsive bid of 
people that can have an accommodation because honorary members will be will know that some of the people that comes to Captain Park are actually sorry to Tempe Sarabasoto are those that can actually be also be helped in Captain Park because Captain Park has been closed for quite a while. So we have tried several times to get an accommodation office accommodation through public works and public works is busy managing that process. They just gave us a revised execution plan that they are going to re-advertise again. But in the night shell, what we also did, we negotiated with the municipality and then they gave us a site within the civic center where we are actually for, uh, providing services temporarily. We can go to the next slide. I remember, I think this is the slide that I was talking to with regards to the progress between us and public works in, in, in seeking for alternative office space. So in a nutshell, this, these are the issues that we, we tried to respond uh, on our members. We're just recommending that you note the presentation that we have made. Thank you very much. CEO. Uh, th thank you very much. Finally, what's going to happen? What's going to happen is we are... Yes, because I can see the recommendation is saying... Uh, be noted and it, it can be noted uh, we need to we, hear we, what's going to happen yes uh, we are having uh, engagements uh, with, with, with the Gauteng region together with public works to make sure that we can resolve these issues and there's a project that is currently in place they are still continuing to look for, for the property the approach we've used, Chair, is to make sure that we also go out and look for property on our own because it is proving to be very difficult to rely on public works in terms of the current state of affairs. So while using a dual approach, we let them go and look for the property, but we also go to the market on our own to look for the property and see as to how this uh, can get resolved because it is impacting on SAFA overall uh, for us to have this dependency. But we always have to go back to the minister and get permission because in terms of the current framework, we're not allowed to go uh, to the private sector on our own, but always have to do it through public works who are battling and who are using the dual approach. So in terms of uh, uh, Rabasutu in particular and the overall area in Kempton Park, we're looking for all these different alternative offices and we will continue to provide a feedback to the community in terms of how we're progressing with regards to finding continued alternative space, Chair. Thank you very much. Uh, honorable members, there is a presentation. But I've got a question from the petitioners that do they know any of the accommodation that they can suggest? Uh, but let me give also the honorable members. Honorable Lizelle, Honorable Masangu, Honorable Alex, and Honorable Manga. Chair? Honorable Yes. Through you, Chair, can I request the presenter to stop sharing so that uh, we can be able to see members who are uh, making an input. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Lindy, for reminding us about that. Uh, can we then uh, give 
over to the members that I have identified. Honorable Lizel, Honorable Masango, Honorable Alex, Honorable Mangani, Honorable Stock. Oh, there's also Honorable Sean. Thank you. Thank you very much, um, Chairperson. Good morning to all my colleagues. Good morning to the DSD team as well as Sasa. Uh, firstly, I want to thank the Honorable Masango with the petitioners for bringing this very serious uh, matter to our attention. Um, I think it's really, it was an important exercise that we engaged uh, with this morning. Um, and I think listening from the presentation, I think we all agree that quite clearly there's a, there's a problem in Timbisa and that that problem needs to be resolved. My, my only uh, concern listening from the presentation is that it, there seems to be a problem with the Department of uh, Public Works and that they take far too long to act on requests for accommodation space. Um, and so I wonder in this case, uh, while I appreciate the CEO pointing out that there's now a dual approach, I think, firstly, we need to put uh, some type of time frame um, in terms of uh, by when possibly we could find additional uh, office space uh, to supplement that office. Um, and I think in this regard, we should really request the Honourable Minister po possibly to meet with the Minister of Public Works and to point out that we need an urgent intervention in terms of finding space uh, in that area. Um, and then I thought maybe I would ask, since, since there is a general admission that this office space is not big enough and that it's not uh, doing well in terms of servicing the clients in that area because it's far too small um, and it's a problem that's been going on since 2013, is there no way that we could, in the interim while we try and find additional office space, um, that we employ a mobile truck outside the office because often we see this at home affairs when home affairs has got long queues uh, at offices and there's not adequate space then they often um, employ a mobile office on the same precinct so that um, there's added capacity uh, to service clients so I think in this in this instance I would like to suggest that we ask the minister to engage minister to engage with her counterpart the minister of public works to find some type of intervention to get office space. And also um, I would like to ask whether a mobile office or truck uh, could be employed in this regard as well to assist. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Lizelle. Honorable, who's next? Honorable Bridget. Uh, thank you, Chair, and thank you so much for the presentation by Sasa in response to the petitioner, whom I thank as well. Chairperson, I'm not going to say anything now because I was wanting to talk about the timeline. So thank you for the opportunity. Thank you, Alex. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. Thank you to Sasa um, for the presentation and thank you um, to the petitioner for bringing this um, matter to our attention. Um, Chairperson, not to take anything away from the specific case, you know, of what's going on in Tembisa, but I, this is now, you know, opening our eyes and I, I imagine that there, we might come across many more situations in other provinces 
that could very well be in the same situation. And, you know, we saw the, the situation that happened in Kailicha where that office was also um, out of commission for an entire month and the impact it had on those residents there. And, you know, Chairperson, I've had a look at, you know, the total amount of what SASA is spending in terms of rentals and all of that. And it's, it's hundreds of millions of rands in terms of rentals. And now I know the specific one is, um, you know, lease agreements with the municipality. Um, you know, so those aren't um, t- um, too expensive. But, you, you know, I'd like to know, you know, the amount we're spending with private land store, landlords and the conditions of those buildings, you know, how often does SASA actually go out and, you know, do the cost comparisons and, you know, renegotiation of leases and so forth to find better um, accommodations? Um, you know, I understand, you know, rental goes up uh, manually, um, but, you know, in some of these situations, it's literally millions um, that's been spent on one office, and you sometimes wonder how how is this uh, value for money? So you know that is my concern. You know, not taking away from the specific issue, but you know it's happened in Kailicha where it's now a, a double lease in Kailicha, and I imagine it's happening elsewhere as well across the country. So you know, I'd like to find out with Public Works and Sasa how often are we doing these audits? to make sure the buildings are conducive, to make sure that the rent, um, you know, is not skyrocketing um, and so forth. So thank you, Chairperson, and and thank you again to the um, presenters and to the petitioners. Thank you, Alex. Honorable. Uh, thank you very much, Chairperson. <clears throat> uh, uh, also, thanks the the department, especially Sasa for echoing what the community of Tembisa are saying. So, kile boge le baari ba Tembisa kakakaretso. Horebe ba dirile tiro etona. Ba rituusitze khape. Ba tuusitze le sasa ka hore. Kozi neka shkahele baari fela. Le ba diriba sasa neto ba chakele. So, kile le boge tata. Le tsware ka tata. Le skela nyahama. Le ka mo so le nne le dire yalo le rotloetse le ba bangwe go dira exactly must also say to to ask the minister of uh, social development together with the ceo to to meet with the the minister of the or minister of public works I don't think I, I, I'm wondering all the time if it's department to department, it takes a long time uh, to resolve the issue. All the buildings, most of the buildings that the public works is offering is dilapidated. So 
I think this must be done in a way that will save people of uh, Tembisa and all the other uh, residents from other provinces. Because this, to us, uh, is an eye-opener, although we know that uh, the building that uh, Sasa is renting, if it's from uh, public works, is not conducive. So I'm just pleading for the time frame. Uh, I know that uh, talks, you can't say in two weeks or in three weeks. So I'm just, for me to want to talk, I was just saying, let's do it now. Uh, uh, Appealing to the minister, our minister, Lindiwe, and the CEO to meet with the the minister of uh, public works so as to resolve these issues. And then I, I must ask a question because I'm not from Gauteng uh, or whatever. Is there no way where the, the, the province, if they have uh, some of the land, and because the people whom are being assisted is in Gauteng, are the residents of Gauteng, is there no any space where the offices can be built? Where can uh, people of uh, Rabasutu in Tembisa or whatever in Cape Town Park, where the offices have been closed for a long time, get a proper uh, space where the offices can be built? I'm just posing this to whether it's the ME, the minister or the our CEO. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Honorable Demanda. Honorable Stock, you will be the last one. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Am I audible? You're very much soft. You're very you much are soft. Audible. Continue. Thank you very much, Chair. Um, Chair, let me first appreciate um, the petitioners uh, for the petition and the response from uh, Sasa. But I think uh, what I wanted to ask uh, was the question of um, the provincial government uh, assisting in building offices, if possible. And also, Che, to to say that if this is a problem in Gauteng, I'm just not sure of the places. I think it's not only a problem of Gauteng and that uh, not all others are aware that uh, if they write a petition to an honorable member, their issue would be addressed and whatsoever. So uh, I think the committee should take it upon itself 
a to do oversight in these offices of SASA across the country or per province to see what is really happening there, Chair, and then take it from there. But in this one, let me join uh, Honorable Manganya to say to the petitioners, others wouldn't have just petitioned, would have done something else, but they decided to petition in a well-mannered way. Uh, thanks, Chair. Thank you, Honourable Stowe. Thank you, Honourable Mutlo. No, thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Honourable Chairman. Let me greet everybody, the minister, uh, honourable members, and all the stakeholders, as well as the senior managers who are on the platform. Uh, I think, Honourable Chairman, as a departing shot from my side, uh, I just want to appreciate as well and join uh, my colleagues who spoke before me uh, in appreciating the... Uh, this kind of uh, a petition coming from Tembisa, uh, the people of uh, Rabasoto, Kempton Park, and all of that. I would also like to extend my word of appreciation to Honorable Masango uh, for bringing up this thing also and bringing it to the Portfolio Committee. And I'm raising this, uh, Honorable Chairperson, precisely because the issue, the petition that we are dealing with here, to be quite honest, uh, I mean, these are the issues that uh, we are confronted with. Uh, on a daily basis when we do our constituency work. And then uh, this has been a problem. Uh, and then a few months ago, there was also a story with a, of a video which was widely circulated on social media. Uh, it was one of the offices, almost a similar uh, kind of uh, issues that were raised also. It was in Kailicha, where our people were standing in long queues because of the office space, office was congested. Some of them, they had to sleep, uh, I mean, outside the office to get uh, access of their grants uh, in the morning. So it was such a bad story. And I I would like to appreciate uh, the manner in which this thing came to the portfolio committee so that we are uh, now in a position to be able to deal uh, quite adequately with the issues that are confronting uh, us throughout the country. And uh, I would also like to agree, Honorable Chairperson, or those that are saying uh, maybe it's time now that uh, public works uh, as well as uh, uh, SASA uh, must be able to sit down and, and so that they are able to prioritize uh, some of the interventions that can be done immediately, uh, some of them maybe in medium term, long term and all of that. But there are areas where we need <clears throat> some kind of an immediate intervention in some of the uh, issues that we are confronted with. Uh, but Honorable Chairperson, to be quite honest as well, I think I just need to raise it as well here because listening to the CEO, Totsime Mela, when she was presenting. And I think she was, in a way, trying to also share her own frustration uh, with the portfolio committee, that uh, public works is responsible for this. Uh, in other areas, they are not able to uh, procure themselves from their side, the SASA. is the responsibility of public works. But in certain areas where public works is supposed to procure, uh, they end up uh, not being able to deliver. Uh, on the standards or the requirements uh, as SASA maybe might have wanted uh, a particular standard so public works is not able to. Maybe in such instances, I would like to maybe put a firm proposal before the leadership of SASA, including the minister as well, and I know the minister as well is in the meeting. Uh, Maybe this is something that uh, the minister maybe uh, or the team of SASA 
They need to look at office space. Alternatively, whilst we're engaging public works, but they must also be able to, on themselves, look at alternative office space as SASA. And then if they are able to procure on themselves, let them do that because, I mean, it looks like to wait for public works as well, it, it takes very long. And then we know about instances where public works also procured without necessarily trying to uh, declare uh, a motion of no confidence in the leadership of public works. But there are one or two examples that one can cite uh, that uh, in areas where they have procured, I mean, for an example, in my constituency where I come from, uh, in the Northern Cape, uh, I mean, they procure, but they also procure uh, buildings that are still going to give us problems for people to have access to their grants and all of that. Uh, so it is a problem. Uh, so I just wanted to put that proposal to the leadership of the department and SASA, that they look at the issues that are before us, and then maybe they can come uh, with a solution in some of the areas. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chairperson. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Members. My question still stands. As people of the community knows their areas and their buildings, etc., I am of the opinion to ask this question whether do they know any building that they think can be suitable for, for them to open up SASA offices. Otherwise, thanks ever so much for the presentation. Can we then give over? Yes. Chaperson, sorry for yes. interjection. Member Pilangulu's hand is up. Maybe you just... Okay, okay. let's give over to her first and then so that we can go to responses. Thanks. Over to you, Honorable Bilangu. Thanks, Chaperson. Uh, I thought maybe <laughs> since you were speaking... Uh, you're not going to allow anyone to, to speak after you. But uh, I wasn't uh, going to bring any new things, but only to to support honorable members who, who said, I think there is a need for SASA to, to come up with a, a strategy or, or a, turn, a turnaround strategy as far as the the infrastructure or properties are concerned. You even mentioned the issue of uh, maybe circulating it to, to the communities to say, is there any to look for a structure where maybe Sasa can uh, lease or lease it in order to, to use it for the purposes of their services. Uh, But I think what they need to do is to have a plan of looking for a site in order to build new structures. I had Honorable um, uh, Whip raising an issue of a structure that has been hired in the Northern Cape, of course, also, which is not in a good condition. You may find that they, they will get space even to other provinces, but the, 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 the property not to be good enough to be used. So why can't they come up with a plan? Even if it will take years, 
in building the structures. But if there is something that they will be doing, at least it will build also confidence to us and community members that they are doing something than leasing a structure which is not in a good condition will end up having problems. And the problem will be bad when the property collapse while while people are there being serviced. So I think they need to look into it, but also to thank the the petitioners who take uh, this upon themselves and be courageous to approach Honorable Masangu in order to bring this forth to say at least we 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 able to talk about this because there are people outside there who have realized the condition or the situation that people are are facing and brought it to the committee. I also want to support Honorable Shong to say, can't it be chairperson for the committee to have an oversight in all the provinces in order to make sure or to have a stock of the number of offices that are there that are not in good condition, that need to be taken care of, and also to have a time frame of as to when are they going to do this and how. Because if some are not their offices, it means it's not them who will be saying during this time we will be able to do this. If it's public works or if it's not them, it's one of the landlords, he may say that I don't have money for now to do one, two, three, and we may end up facing some challenges. I thank you, Chairperson. Lastly, is to pass my best uh, wishes or speed recovery to Honorable Aris. I thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Member. Can we also request that Sasa, can they they do the what is it, the check check up in terms of which offices are in a bad situation and maybe give us that information first in each province. I know for a fact that it's not going to be national who's going to do that. They are going to request from provinces and then it will be forwarded to them and then it will be able to come to us. For us to make a follow-up on it, in terms of knowing, because I know for a fact that most of SASA offices are not in a good position. For an example, in Mount Elif, I know that uh, they are squashed in something that I don't know what is it, but you'll see them pressing one another. So you'll find it throughout the, 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 the provinces, this crisis of the offices, but they know them better than us. They will inform us in terms of so that if we think of uh, doing a, a site visit, remember we are left with only two years. We won't be able to finish up those. But if they give us the information, we'll be able to randomly pick up which ones can be able to be visited and also suggest on which ones are supposed to be built, knowing exactly that funding is not uh, something that is available in terms of building the 
the, 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 the structure. Can we also request that from the CEO to assist us on that information? And uh, my question still stands from the petitioners. Can we then first give over to them? I think, thank you very much, Chair. Um, I will try, I will address most of the questions. Uh, I will ask Temba uh, first uh, to just address uh, the issue of what the actual plan is with regards to uh, the, the Kempton Park area and what the timelines are. And then I'll get Mr. Masakona to talk to how do we ensure that we, we get good value for money. And then I'll summarize, Chair Temba. Before Temba, before Temba, I requested the, 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 the petitioners to inform us whether is there any building that they think they can suggest to us that will be very suitable for them to open up. If yes, there is one. If no, there's no problem on that. Petitioners, Lindy. Uh, I don't see Uno Chair. Chairperson. Okay. Okay, it's fine. Let's give over Temba. Who's saying Chairperson? Let's give over to Temba. Temba Mangani, Chair. Oh, Honorable Mangani. Uh, I just wanted to assist to say all of us as members, we've got constituency irrespective of those members are uh, serving in this committee or not. But we are all, all members, we do have constituency offices. We are the one who can assist the department to say these are the buildings that are uh, uh, very uh, uh, co- the, the conducive to be worked in. We know, all, all of us, we know. I mean to burden the, the stakeholders. We are staying where they are staying, the petitioners. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you very much, Honorable Mangali. You are right. But in my frustration is that, for an example, I am having an ex- an, a constituent area of Emalahini which is around Lady Frey. I might not know what is it that is happening in OR Tambo. I'm making an example. That's why this information from us as MPs, you are right, it's also going to assist, which we should also do that exercise in, in checking which offices. And then the department is their responsibility to know their offices. And in fact, they know them. So they can come up with that and then we combine the information and 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 come up with something. Thanks, Honorable Manghani. Let's give over to Temba. Okay? Over to you. Tell us the plan. Um, th- thank you, Honorable Chair. Uh, can you hear me, Honorable Chair? Am I audible? 
Yes, you are. Continue. Okay. No, no, thank you very much, Honorable Chair. Um, we, we have been engaging with public health in terms of the execution plan. Uh, because the, the, the process is actually not in our hands, but with public works. But in terms of the plan they sent to us, they've committed that at least by November, they will have made progress in terms of uh, securing an office space. So they've confirmed that they're still going to go out this week, this month, in terms of advertising for the, for the, for the office accommodation. So yes, in terms of the plan, they, they, the expectation is that by November, they will have a plan. And I think that's where we, we leave it at with our engagement with public works. Okay, thank you. See you. Uh, uh, thank, thank you very much, Chair. Uh, there's a, a, a question that was asked by Honorable Alexandra with, with regards to whether we're giving, getting a value for money with, the, with regards to what it is uh, that we pay and the process that we use to renegotiate on a continuous basis. I will ask uh, um, our GM responsible for properties to respond to that, but let me maybe uh, get the other uh, issues out of the way so that um, Mr. Masakona can then respond to that particular issue because he's the one that's overall accountable for engaging public works. Is on the issue of using mo mobile trucks, and thank you very much, uh, Honorable uh, Eliza, we normally do do that uh, when we go uh, to communities. And I think previously it was because of COVID that we're not going out. Uh, but in terms of uh, us making that sure that we do those community engagements and there is a plan and we will also report back on some of those engagements that actually happen. The other issue that was raised by uh, um, Honorable Member Mangani on and, and Honorable Member Shaw. Uh, with regards to us making sure that we get our own properties. It's interesting, uh, Chair, that uh, in, in areas where there's rural communities, we do have an opportunity and have properties that we built that are owned properties by SASA. In, in Limpopo, for example, we have 11 properties that we've built ourselves because we, we got a land that was given uh, by the the provincial government, which made it easier, because then we take responsibility for everything that happens there. In uh, a Northern Cape, we now also have built uh, two properties, and wherever there's an opportunity for us to make sure that that happens, we find that it works better because we're able to uh, build infrastructure that services our people better. Uh, but another issue, ma'am, is for us to, we continue to engage the minister in terms of what a, a better approach would be for us to make sure that we manage, we, we take the responsibility in our hands and manage this better, and the minister will facilitate uh, the engagement with the other minister. Uh, a, a member stock has also uh, uh, indicated, uh, also emphasizing the fact that we, we need to ensure that once uh, public works gives us buildings, they give us buildings that uh, can serve our people better, and it hasn't been our experience, so it's been a challenge. Uh, so the issue of uh, building our own properties is something that we'll continue to explore. We'll come back uh, to, to, to the committee and also just indicate of the overall high level as uh, 600 properties that we have and what the current state is. And we'll make sure that we report back on those audits. Um, uh, uh, Masakona, if you can just talk to the auditing and, uh, and value for money, because... Uh, 
I think you, it's your accountability in relation to that. Thanks, Chair. Thank you. So... Can you, Mr. Masakon? Unmute. Unmute, Mr. Masakon. Mr. Masakona, can you unmute, please? Chair, we will, we will leave it at that. We will come back with a proper plan and then we'll come back and report to the portfolio committee uh, so that we don't take too much time from the committee. Thank you, Chair. Okay, any other thing on this? Honorable members? Hi, Chair. <clears throat> Chairperson? Honorable Mangani. Thank you very much. Mina, uh, in my constituency, I'm inviting all of you, honorable members whether it's Monday or whatever, for just 30 minutes to can show you where we can suggest for the office of the SASA to be. Because we have got more building where I stay. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Honorable Mangani. I, that one, uh, I think it's a good suggestion, but uh, it also needs CEO and the team to know that area before even visit, visit it. <clears throat> Otherwise, thank you very much. That's what we need, suggestions, because people are aware and they know the area. <clears throat> thank you very much. Excuse me. Uh, if there is no one on the platform... I am here, Chairperson, is the Minister. Oh, Minister, over to you. <coughs> um, thank you very much, Chairperson. Maybe I should firstly um, thank uh, the petitioners, um, firstly for um, uh, taking the matter in the manner in which they have done and to say to the petitioners, our task um, is to make sure that we create the conducive environment um, for our people, um, not only for those who come to receive their social grants or who come to apply for their social grants, but also for the workers, we need to continuously create a conducive environment because they need to make sure, we need to make sure that they are in, in a space that is conducive for them to work. And I would like to indicate, Chairperson, that um, SASA, uh, from the CEO's point of view and the entire administration, really have been uh, chasing these issues of property. Minister? 
Minister's Hello. muted. She's muted today. Somebody muted me because I never touched a single button. Okay, continue, Minister. Yes. Uh, thank you very much, Chairperson. I was saying that I, the, the, the CEO and the administration of SASA has really been chasing uh, this issue. It is a bit of a frustration, but I think that uh, the proposals also about meeting with the Minister of Public Works has been made uh, quite by the by SASA itself. And there are proposals that SASA is um, also putting forward that need to be discussed. The issue here is also uh, when we say the petitioners must look for buildings, my fear, Chaperson, is that um, we have procurement processes um, that make it uh, sometimes easy. They make sometimes they make it easy. Sometimes they make it very difficult um, for Sasa. And so, personally, I would rather uh, encourage, as um, Honorable Mangani was saying, members have got uh, constituency offices, and that let it be um, the constituency offices. But let it also be the due processes of procurement. Which we know, uh, 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 we know is 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 there, and it's guiding us as a department, but also guides um, Sasa. I do want to commit, Chairperson, that this is one thing that we need to chase and chase quickly and make the changes as quickly as possible. Because I also crisscross the country. Um, and the DM also does the same. We crisscross the country and we go to some of these offices and we ourselves are very unhappy with some of the conditions of these offices. But maybe what we could propose is SASA should be able to make a presentation to the portfolio committee of the plan, not what has happened in the past, but what we intend to do as a portfolio to deal, and SASA in particular, to deal with this challenge. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Thank you very much, Minister. Then it means, therefore, we are closing. Polnitz, uh, I see your hand is up. Honorable Polnitz. Thank you, Chairperson. Sorry, I've been struggling with my network here. Um, Chairperson, I, I just say uh, I was listening to what everyone was saying, and I want to say thank you for the inputs and everything. Um, I just also just have a concern. The Banchu is a rural area. They have closed the office of the Banchu because they wanted to renovate the office of the Banchu. Um, a year later, almost two years now, the Banchu's office is still closed and the people from the Banchu must travel to Bloemfontein, 65 kilometers, or they have to go to Botabelo uh, to, to, to do the applications and to hear what is the problem. So I, I just want to, to say that we must also look into that case where the office was closed because seriously, the people of the Banchu are really struggling. And then we have an office in, 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 in Bloemfontein. It was a very big office, very central for everyone because it was in town, and um, people use one taxi to get there. Then three years, four years ago, they moved the office to a mall. And in the mall on the first floor was the Department of, of, of Social Development's offices there at Lima Mall. But I see they are re rebuilding the offices of, of Sasa here in town. Um, so I just want to know, is that going to be the Sasa's office again, or are they 
staying in the mall because I'm sure they are paying a lot of rent in that mall. It's just a uh, concern that I'm having. Uh, thank you so much, Jay. Thank you, Honorable Polnit. That's exactly what I said is going to happen. Each and every province and each and every member of the portfolio committee has a knowledge on its area on what is it that they think needs to be corrected. But, <clears throat> excuse me, that's what the minister is saying, that SASA must come up with a plan and they must also inform us about their offices situation, especially the ones that are in a situation that is in dire need of the accommodation. So let's give them that chance. But uh, we hope that it's not going to take too long. I don't want to say 21 days or seven days or whatever. It's them that they know how fast can they do it and then they can submit it to Lindiway and it will definitely reach us. So that you know, as MPs, we are able to add all these ones that we are talking about and we know about. Thanks, uh, honorable members. Let's pass this uh, item and go to the next item. Lindy, what's the next item? Sure. Um, the next item is the presentation by the National Development Agency on its turnaround strategy. Thank you. Over to you, NTA. Good, good morning, Chairperson. Oh, good morning. Before that, NDA, before that uh, the petitioners are excused if they want to leave the meeting because we're going to deal with other items in the agenda. Thanks ever so much, petitioners. At least your matter is still going to be looked at and you still have to give a plan as you have had that. Where's the thank you, Chairperson and and members of the portfolio comi- committee, the minister, uh, the acting DG, and Sasa CEO, and all the colleagues that are in this meeting. I'm just testing if I'm audible. Am I audible, Chair? Yes, you are audible. Can I I disrupt uh, Makongo and um, request that I speak before um, he does and um, uh, through you, Chairperson? Yes, Minister. Um, 
Thank you very much, Mr. Magongo, acting CEO. While you are fixing the presentations and 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 everything, may I take this opportunity, Chairperson, to thank you, uh, Honourable Vana, and Honourable members of the Portfolio Committee. Uh, I'm hoping that um, uh, Mr. Mkunu is on. I know that he is traveling. He's on the road. Um, as I am also Chepesin, not in the country, I am representing South Africa um, in Geneva in a, in a program of uh, fighting uh, violence and having violence in the whole world in general. And as we know, South Africa is one of those countries um, that has one of the biggest problems, in particular with gender-based um, violence, but in violence uh, in general. I am a member of uh, the Pathfinders, which is an organization that is also looking at violence overall in the whole world. Uh, I will try my best, uh, Chaperson, to be in this meeting uh, throughout as I have been in the meeting uh, from, from the beginning, the opening. Uh, Mr. Magongo and team are here, uh, senior officials, senior managers and officials of the department are here. And I think the apology for the deputy minister was made already um, at, the, at the beginning of uh, this meeting. It's a very good morning and thank you for the opportunity to present the turnaround strategy for the National Development Agency uh, to you. This agency, who we'll all recall, was founded 23 years ago in terms of the National Development Act 108 of 1998. And the NDA was established to promote a sustainable partnership between government and civil society organization sector pursuant of eradicating poverty and its causes um, in communities. And we have seen, um, because of the fact that the economy is not doing very well, we have seen um, that when the economy is not doing very well, it has the most negative impact and on our communities. And while a civil society while the civil society organizations at the NDA supported to date have largely focused on providing selected social protection services, the economic, social, and technological shifts that took place over the past 23 years, both domestically and globally, dictate that towards meaningful responsiveness, relevant and visibility, the NDA ought to reposition itself accordingly, and this is the reason why there is this presentation today. Thus, internally, the NDA needs to align its resources, processes, and culture to support its turnaround strategy that will position the NDA as the prime development finance institutions institution, DFI. For instance, through the economic reconstruction and recovery plan that the collective of South Africans have acknowledged the unprecedented and combined impact of how low economic growth period, the devastation of the pandemic, social unrest in parts of our country, and the unbearable social dimensions of climate change that an increasing number of our communities are starting to experience. Owing to complex reinforced reinforcements between these factors, Poverty, inequalities, and undevelopment are deepening in communities across the country. Also, global events such as the conflict in Ukraine and the undisputed shift away from the post-Berlin wall are destabilizing the hegemony. 
The net effect of these is that they are amplifying the vulnerability of ordinary South Africans. Throughout communities, lives and livelihoods alike are becoming uh, costlier. In the immediate term, the most practical manner to alleviate poverty in communities is to create jobs in labor-intensive sectors and intelligently coordinate development interventions throughout the three spheres of government, as well as together with the international and multilateral development partners. And NDA is really in a good position to mobilize the resources, both internally, but also using international platforms uh, to do so. It is against this background that the NDA needed to sharpen and reorientate its national development strategy. Therefore, not only does the NDA need to fashion itself into the facilitator of the social economy, but necessitated by the need to generate human-level development in every household and community. This institution must embody the development development trajectory that our society defines for itself at a given point in history. And therefore, the turnaround strategy whose, whose presentation you will be receiving today opens the door into the unstoppable era of history wherein the NDA will be playing a greater role than it has ever played in the past years. Through coordinating efforts uh, of national and international development finance institutions towards greater human level outcomes, the NDA will bridge the trust deficit that characterizes the relationship that South Africans are having with public and private institutions alike. This will do, this it will do through the development of, and I always say this, Chepersin, a people, public, private, civil, academic, multilateral partnership framework. Henceforth, and towards creating relevant jobs, the NDA should be in the forefront of efforts to alleviate poverty by facilitating CSOs to develop community response skills and entrepreneurship. This will catalyze fundamental change that will engender the value of human capabilities and self-sufficiency in our communities. The NDA arrives at this inflection point as our country is defining momentous responses relevant to unemployment, poverty, and inequality. Honorable Chairperson and members, may I hand back to you and uh, back to NDA to make the necessary presentation on the agency's turnaround strategy. And we also wish to thank you Chairperson, uh, uh, yourself and all the members for your continued interest in helping us shape our institutions, build our institutions in such a way that they respond adequately, timelessly and innovatively towards the needs of our people and the felt needs of our people. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, uh, Minister, uh, with that political background. Um, we, wish to, we wish you to have an uh, enjoyable time, though we know that uh, it's heartbreaking to be there. You have to find yourself how forgotten that we are still in Geneva. I hope that you are back. Thank you very much for showing us uh, 
the commitment and the dedication to your portfolio committee. Let's give over to Mr. Makongo to continue. <clears throat> thank you, Chair, and thank you, Minister. The if, if, um, can you do it? Yeah. We, we <clears throat> chair and portfolio committee members, honorable portfolio committee members, we, we were requested to provide an update on the portfolio, to the portfolio committee on the progress on the finalization, implementation and outcome and impact of the NDA turnaround strategy. It, it just move. Just at the start, uh, one needs to emphasize the point, Chair, that we are at the time when we are at the tail end and finalizing one, the turnaround strategy, and two, the business case that will allow the turnaround strategy to be operated. But the con- the context within which the turnaround strategy is is premised on is on the realization by the previous board that we need to have some strategy that will re-engineer the NDA and point it towards creating activities programs that have got impact on the people in terms of poverty eradication in a sense where it is it is touchable it is felt is impactful so in in july we engaged a service provider that assisted us to put together this the turnaround strategy so that we were in a position to to understand better the the environment that we, are, we would want to operate on, and in the in the process of developing this strategy, there are a couple of proposals that were were being were made right at that beginning. Uh, one was to look at a comprehensive sales development model that is directly responding to poverty and eradication and its causes in poor communities. The second one was to look at a business operation model that can support delivery of the entire mandate of the NDA. And the third one was to look at strategies and mechanisms that will be required to to deploy sustainable and impactful programs to to poor communities. And the fourth one was to look at how do we reposition the the NDA as a brand that exudes trust, it exudes efficiency, and it delivers at every time that is expected to deliver to the public. And finally, to to propose a, a blueprint for government to 
to deploy its resources, its strategies, its policies as as an integrated instrument for addressing the high level of poverty, unemployment, inequalities, and lack of economic activities. So the the preposition of the strategy is to provide a viable mechanism for government, civil society, and the private sector in 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 addressing issues that deals with community development so that there isn't any fragmentation at the service delivery point but in aggregated efforts in all respect that deals with reducing community level inequalities and poverty levels and unemployment so just to round this quickly you recall chair and members of the committee that when we presented our app we we said that app for this current financial is a transitional one and we then identified the areas within which we will find it important to test as we finalize this process of turnaround strategy and see if there are lessons we can learn so that when we move to 23-24, we have tested some of the requirements of the turnaround. And we have used these um, outcomes as as part of relooking at and and making inputs in the review of the NDA Act as a whole. There were five areas that we raised, which are in our current APP. One deals with district pilot sites for the turnaround strategy, which are linked to, to the DDM. IT systems and processes so that we can align them to the new strategies. This include also organizational structure. And the fourth one is looking at the funding markets, the appetite for funding CSOs in the open market, both in the public-private sector and a multilateral organization and, and philanthropies. And the last one was testing the coordination requirements to implement the, the district uh, model. I will then just quickly go through the content of the turnaround strategy itself uh, and just take us through the journey that we, we, we needed to traverse and, and get towards the end and completion of this assignment. There were nine areas that we needed to go through. One is to understand the challenges that we face as a country, as an institution, and what are the pressure points for communities, more especially the poor ones. The second one is to 
have basis for designing a mechanism and a model that can respond to that. The third one was set up the parameters and the requirement for, for implementation of that design that we would have put together. And what are the what are key models that we need to look at and model this approach in line with them because they've indicated elsewhere that they produce the result that we are looking for. Creation of jobs and making sure people are economic active and they can earn income out of the activities they're doing. The fifth one is how do we overlay this on the DDM, the district development model, because that will be the implementation site for the strategy. And what approach are we going to use? And what are the risks in doing that? And how do we rebrand? And how do we uh, raise money for funding the civil society organization? There were two levels that we had to deal with just before we started going through this process. One, what are the symptoms and the other level, what are the causes? And we understood at that point that there are several areas that are symptomatic to almost many people that have looked at the NDA, interacted, and given feedback. That the, the performance level of the organization is not at what people expect or perceived by people and what they expect from the NDA. And that the, the programs and projects of the NDA, they do not show the impact that it should be showing against the demand of community depression. The third one is the service delivery model that we were using is, is a bit weak because it doesn't aggregate the, all the available resources at a local level to deal with the specific problems that are affecting that particular community. On the other hand, on the right hand, there have been a, a feeling of lack, very poor public confidence on the NDA itself. The, People didn't really knew what the NDA is doing for them. And the implementation requirements of the Act it wasn't comprehensive enough to allow the NDA to think outside the box. And the issues with stakeholders and the, and the reputation of the NDA, which seem to be negative when you look at it in a barometer. But all of these symptomatic issues had uh, underlying causes that we needed to understand. One, why are we unable to raise funding that to support the mandate? That would be one of those causes, understanding of how to do that. The, the alignment between mandate strategy and goals, the the inadequacy in the systems and policies and procedures that we have put in place to support 
the business that we had defined at that time, including poor defined processes. And on the other hand, we had got very poor implementation of projects and inappropriate organization structure. And our key performance indicators were not actually looking at the end of the the pipeline, but looking at the inputs in the pipeline. Now, to address the state of current affairs that we had, we, we then went and defined key priorities. Excuse me, uh, excuse me, excuse me, Mr. Makong. The presentation uh, it has been flighted, né? but we yes. can't see the pages that we are talking about or where you are. Or are you still doing the, the brief background? Someone is going to present to us. Otherwise, it hasn't moved. It's still there on the heading. It's still, we are on page 11 now. Um, in our side. No, we haven't seen even page one from what you were saying. But oh, nevertheless, so can you fly it and make it move? <laughs> it's moving on our side. <laughs> I don't know why it's not moving. Can you see it now, members? Can you see it now? Yes, we can. It's on on the slide that says NDA defined the following capability. Priorities with a with a pyramid. Are you seeing the same slide with one to seven? Chairperson. Yes. Pretty chairperson. Can we just can we just go back to slide ten? Because I think that was a very important slide, and that's when I picked up uh, the presentation wasn't moving. Can please through you, chair? Can we go back a slide? Okay. Can you see it now? Yeah, well, yes. Well, slide ten. Yes. You want me to go through that slide again? Yes. Sorry, Chairperson. Chairperson. Yes. We have to go back from slide one because I was under impression he's still explaining to us about this thing. I didn't even know he was going from slide to slide, so we didn't even know the slides were moving because on my side it's not moving. Is it moving now? To all of us, uh, yes. uh, Honorable Paul Nitti, it was not moving. So, do you want us to start again? Or can we continue from this page 10? Is it moving now on your side? I just want to check that. Yes, it is moving. You can continue. We will go through the slides ourselves. But it's fine. You can continue from that page 10. Okay. Continue, um, Mr. Macomb. Yeah, yes, I'm 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 continuing on, on on slide ten, which at two levels we had to first deal with the symptoms which are seen by everybody, and they are making statements around that. 
then then go back and understand what is making people uh, indicate what they're indicating, which will then give us what is causing it. I'd say it on the left on the left side of the slide. There were a couple of things that people had uh, expressed to the NDA that we are we are, we are performing poorly. Our program's project lacks impact. Our service delivery is weak. On the right side, we had poor public confidence. People had expressed that. And poor implementation of the act. And poor shareholder and stakeholder reputation. In other words, it then overflows to shareholders and, and stakeholders' reputation. But we then went and looked at the causes. What is causing that to happen? On one hand, one was inability for the NDA to raise money to support the mandate, CSO's development. In other words, we didn't have enough money. The other that causing that is lack of an alignment between mandate, strategy, and goal, inadequate systems and procedures, to respond to the model that we were using and poorly defined business processes to support the the efficiencies that are required. On the other hand, we had poorly defined key performance indicators that can't link up to the outcome and up to the impact and inappropriate organizational structure that doesn't have the skills requirement and the deployment of those people into the right places. And then just poor implementation of projects and programs within the organization. We then, then moved to define key, key priority areas that we need to embed in our, in, in the development of the turnaround strategy. One of those areas is to ensure that you have got a turnaround strategic, strategic idea that we would need to build around. Two, create a mechanism that is efficient to enable the NDA to generate income for sustaining its mandate. And three, looking at strategic partnerships that are allowed by the Act on under 4.1 on raising funding for, for CSO's development. And the third one is to digitalize and integrate our systems internally and externally for purposes of, 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 of having ease information and reporting and accountability. And the third one, create an enabling environment for community and economic development. So that's key. And provide evidence-based research and evaluation that can be used to influence policy de debates and development policy. And the approach we took to deal with the that kind of scene that we, we are at we're in three levels. One, 
we conducted a situation analysis with all stakeholders, private, public, internal, external, and, and, and other interest parties and the CSOs to really understand whether what we think it is, it is, and to confirm that. And two, define strategic options. What are the options that we'll pick and use to, in order to deal with the environment that comes from the situation analysis? And then develop an, an, a, a framework for implementation, because if you don't have that, then therefore you don't have a mechanism that you are going to engage in order to give the results that you are looking for. In the situation analysis, there were elements that we we spent time looking at. One is the social and economic and, politi and political and environmental reviews. What is the state of all of those and what does that do to communities? The second one was dialogue session with, with key stakeholders that look at the current business model, the current application, then the current architecture of the organization. And the fourth one was looking at the brand, the current brand that we are using as for NDA. What is it that needs to be done for that brand to give the persona that it should be giving? And we then looked at and case studies outside the country in China, Botswana, and Vietnam that had delivered an impact in the same environment at that time that South Africa is at. And it has actually produced better results. And we reviewed international poverty alleviation best practice across and evaluated the role of the NDA in as far as um, a, a, a poverty eradication is concerned. In the situation analysis, the couple of things that we, we, we picked up uh, that lacked focus, lacked identity, and it, it lacked high uh, impact and 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 improve morale of, of the population. On one hand, on the left, is high unemployment level, food insecurity, due to a number of economic factors, in, in, including lack of access to food and inflation that goes with food. And the population growth, that is, that is growing far higher than the growth of jobs in the country. And that's really has got a huge spillover. The physical constraint the government is at, because government is, is because of the low employed people, government is not in a position to generate enough revenue from taxes. And a lot of duplications in, in the approach from government in dealing with poverty eradication programs. And internationally, we also look at what is it that, given this an environment, what is it that they actually did to get to where they are? One of the things that were crucial was those countries had a detailed economic planning and execution mechanisms by government 
two, government, business, and communities work as a team to deal with poverty, unemployment, and 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 lack of economic activities. And most of them focused on creating skills and productivities within the population where poverty is key. And they develop certain key industry that can create multitude of jobs. That's where they invested. And, and they professionalize their government on how it deals with a government priorities. This allowed us to <clears throat> cage what we call design principles that underpin the entire turnaround strategy. There are five of them. One, we are working with large numbers of poor communities in the country, and most of the people are, are dependent on, on, on social security services that are made available. Second, most jobs that are created, they don't provide the vehicle for people to gain economic independence. The third one is businesses should establish a, a, to be established close to communities to allow communities to have access and create investor confidence on, on, on the benefits that will come out from the, um, the investment that business is making. And that community members, we need to build skills that will assist them to get two things. One, to either employable or use their capacities that they have to earn a living through a number of ventures that they can participate in in any com given community. And, and the last one is using of the CSOs as an enabler to deal with many of the challenges of, that are faced by communities. And in defining the vision, we reviewed our strategic options that we had. And we had, and these strategic options were looked through the following critical areas or critical questions. One, how will NDA justify his positioning? So what do we need to put to actually say this is where, what is the, what is the value proposition of the NDA to say, yes, yeah, NDA and NDA comes as a full partner to contribute towards uh, eradication of, of poverty. So we need to define a mechanism that can do that. Two, which community should we focus on? Poverty is everywhere, but where do we start? And what types of CSOs should we support? And what should these CSOs focus on? And, and what will be the focus when we get to communities? What are the community needs that they would have put on the table? And how do we engage that community to focus on those needs? And what, what will be the approach in building internal skills at NDA to run the requirement of the of this turnaround strategy. 
and and then how what mechanism NDA will put on the table uh, for government, business, and CSO to agree on how we position services to communities and what type of uh, key performance indicators we need to have in order for us uh, to be measured against what we say it will deliver. We then, in order for us to then properly define that, we have to look at what are the components that can execute what I've just spoken about. One of them is a new business model and operational model. We need a new business model that will deal with the structure of the institution and the operation model that will deal with the service delivery component. We need new functional organization that is moving from a point of funding small grants to small organizations that end up not being sustainable, but to go through a model and a mechanism that can massify investment to those communities. And that will also include the new business processes for technology to run this business. And a new revenue mechanism to get everybody putting a hand in their pocket and funding development efforts that are at community level and create new skills to generate projects that are sustainable and that projects that can create jobs and, and, and create income for those that are owning or running those projects and consistently look at improvement in in policies, in frameworks, in requirements that impede uh, the delivery of services quicker and technology design, which will then give us new key performance indicators. The business case <clears throat> itself, which uh, is one of the areas that we are finalizing, but at a high level, has got two elements. It, it, it looks at government, government responsibilities, and it looks at citizen needs. And they are all pulled together to the center by the, the, the strategy and the mechanism NDA would have put in to pull both for the same results, which you can see them at the right end, which are business case metrics, uh, new jobs, rent cost. And this gives government and citizens an alternative to actually deliver quality services faster. Part of the model is focusing on creating jobs and economic activities that will earn money will end people money and is, is so that they, they, they live a sustainable livelihood. And for us to, to get to the beginning, we need to first define the end, which is job creation and the process that is required that everybody is working as one team and that everybody, in this case, we... We are talking about the private sector 
the government as a whole, the civil society as a whole, all of us focusing in distressed communities in both issues of funding, of skills development, and including provision of basic services that the population needs. So if we all come as one team, we can then be in a position to create jobs because all of those will require the local people to actually participate in that model. And the the new model that we <clears throat> the strategy is proposing has four components. There's four functional components. These are functional components. In on the far on the far left, there are two critical components that start the process. One is a revenue generation component. The other one is a skills common component. The revenue defines what projects are required to be put on the ground, which have been, which have gone through a process with the communities and what resources are required to do that so that there is what we call a project pipeline that we can take for funding. On the other side on skills development is to assess the skills that exist in communities so that those skills can be turned around into, into the implementation requirement of the project pipeline. Then the resource mobilization component, create funding from all sources that are interested that can fund those projects at community level. At the same time, the policy area is and research a function is looking at removing impediments, regulatory obstacles that makes it too hard to get to the ground, either by a national, provincial, and local government programs, or by private sector or multilateral organizations. So this will allow NDA to create a fund from all these funders, pledges that can fund any project that meets that criteria. We, we then just looked at the functional process model to run this new strategy. It requires four areas. It, it, requires, it, it requires the revenue generation, the skills development, the mobilization, and the policy improvement. All of them are underpinned by the first two. One, business potential skills needed, appropriate revenue being generated and linked to skills within the communities that the communities can actually work on those projects. And that itself, it requires a mechanism that we put in place for mobilization mobilizing funding. And part of what we we have in this process model, because if you look at the previous one, it looks like all of them are running parallel. 
but in in actual operational fact, these are cross-functional and sequence uh, in a manner within which you have to start at the start and end at the beginning. And there are some parts that you can cross if these functions have not delivered on them. The green ones that you see there, those are the cross-functional areas that ensures that projects are not just coming for a project document, but a funded, a fundable one. There is money that can be actually allocated and dispersed to that project, which provide a different model than the current model that we are, we are using. The, the, in the next few slides, we are, we are just giving at a very high level the, all of those functional areas uh, the first slide is to mimic the functions that when we put an organizational structure, it must respond to these functional areas that are here. There are four functional areas that deals with a job creation, economic participation, ensuring that communities have a better living condition and a better living standard. The four of them, they look at skills, they look at revenue for funding those projects, they look at mechanism to, to raise revenue, they look at policy improvement. Within each one of them, there are specific competencies that have to be built in. For instance, in the skills requirement, you have got skills for developing project from an idea to a fundable project, skills to deliver, skills from the community that can then work and take ownership of those projects. The same thing with revenue and all of them will put the, the skills requirement that are, are, are needed. We have also looked at, I think you remember I spoke about the KPIs. We have looked at the KPIs that are required for this turnaround strategy to be measured against uh, over long, over short, medium, and long term. How many people that get employed, trained, jobs created, revenue, skills, and improvements in, in, in policy and prescripts? That becomes the ticket for uh, ensuring that the NDA is responding to its mandate. The second one, the, the next slide is just deciphering each of those areas into specific KPIs that will be expected in each functional area. The first one is revenue collection. There, there are two parts of it and all two parts, one the revenue pipeline, the next one is the delivery component and each one of those have got proposed KPIs that we will be measured against over a period of time. The, the same approach we have used for the skills development, which has got one, skills that are required in a project from the community and the competencies that will need to build in the community members for them to deliver on that project. And they're both at a skill project pipeline and a project delivery mechanism. 
In other words, when we put a project, we already know what skills exist in that community and what gap exists so that we can build it to deliver on this particular project. And in terms of resource mobilization, this has been the most painful point for the NDA because we have been heavily reliant on national treasuries allocation, which is not growing. So this actual function implements Section 4.1 of the NDA Act. It looks at project resources that are required, that needs to be mobilized to to have pledges that are available for projects to be funded, not just from one source, multi-sources. And I think when we get towards the end, you'll see how it looks like. The skills that we need to have as, as government departments, as local government at different district and local municipalities, and at, at NDA level and any other agencies that are involved in, in development. The skills that we have to actually build the project um, a pipeline on the other side and, and increase and diversify partnerships that NDA should have uh, access to. The, the last functional area, which is research, has got also two operational areas, the research area and the lobbying area. And both of them, we have put KP proposed KPIs that will go with this in the, in the new plan. But we, we just wanted to go back and deal with the actual requirements, functions that are required within each of these areas. The most important one that I've spoken about is the revenue generation, because this is the first time we actually get into this uh, terrain. There are two two areas on the left that are of focus. One is civil society organization, two is deprived communities. On the far right, there are three critical components that can run revenue generation. One is government as a whole, all departments, provincial, national, and municipalities. The second one is development funding institution, because they've got money, IDT and, and DBSA, and many, many, many others. They do actually have development money that we can harness and put them in project pipeline. And the private sector, the private sector has a lot of money that they are looking for project pipelines to invest on that are in communities. That drives all the requirements that are sitting inside that model. For purposes of generating, making revenue available for funding community-based projects. That's the functional operation of the revenue component. The the other second most important one, which comes from exactly the same parameters, looked at the skills. We do have 
in all community skills, but what we have not turned them into is to viable and practical applicable skills for their environment to generate income for themselves, whether by through employment or doing things for themselves. So we, we, we have put a model on how all of this link to the first one of revenue generation, because we can't have that revenue generation without having the inputs that will run those projects. And those comes from the communities is so that we don't uh, deprive communities opportunities by <clears throat> sort of a, a, a exporting projects implementers from somewhere else. And the third one is the resource mobilization section, which really it generates funding from the rights to fund two things. One, the skills that are required and fund the actual projects that would have been defined. And at each given point, these projects would have been generated by communities that they have actually, we have actually engaged with. And all the funds are pledges sitting in a fund that we give it, given it a pseudonyme of NDA fund. In, in the area of policy Im, Im, improvement, we have moved towards looking, conducting research and that will assist us to understand why there are bottlenecks in funding local projects using local people. Uh, what, what is the option? Why do we choose an option of uh, uh, tendering than using local communities? We need to find why is that happening, and and because it's, it's, we know is at policy level, and how do we actually advise government to deal with it? The the next area is will, that we look at is the systems application architecture, the IT system that will require to run this, because it must have at one end the front end, which is accessible to everybody. Everybody can see the front end and people can do things that they would want to to do themselves at the front end. At the same time, we've got a a back end that's secured and integrated that will protect any information that is sitting in that system for it to be not to be misused. And it, and it has a back end that can integrate to any other system within the DSD portfolio and outside the DSD portfolio in terms of uh, projects, outputs, reports, and accountability and tracking of how we are performing on each of the projects that will, will go into this pipeline. Then we, we, we had looked at a public-private sector a community partnership model. And this model is really driven by the community business opportunities 
that can create employment at that level. And it's premise on the on markets, availability of markets at a local level and any other markets that can be identified. At the other hand, is premise on the local business communities that exist within those those areas that that can create jobs or make profits for those businesses and an enabling environment that will be provided by government and traditional leadership because both they can enable the environment and the third part is the the private sector with capital that we can raise out of it and any other patent partners that would want to invest in communities. And most importantly, the buy-in by community members, because if they don't, then the entire model collapse. There are a couple of key success areas that we, we think we can leverage on. On the on the on the left side, one is the perspective on poverty alleviating alleviation efforts in general in the country. I think a lot of institutions, either public, private, are putting what they can to deal with this problem. It has become a number one problem. At the community level, we can leverage on the same sentiment of how do we really deal with this poverty, high levels of poverty? And what we need then therefore to have mechanism to actual leverage on this and including the government, the government service delivery improvement that is always required is to look at a mechanism that we can propose to improve coordination cross-functionally at a district level, at a local level. We must look at mechanism of creating local economies using the, the, the endowment that already exists in, in, in communities which we have never explored to the fullest of its capacity, including the people that are there who, whom uh, they've got a capacity for them to do things for themselves. How do we ignite that? And and then we, we need to come up with a mechanism that can ensure that whatever interventions we do are sustainable at the end of the of the day. Part of what we then found that will be the mechanism or the structure that exists in the country, which we can leverage on, is the district development model. It provides us with a location. It provides us with a, a jurisdiction that has got authority over the area. And it provides us with an opportunity to, to coordinate delivery of services that deals with the needs of those communities. Amongst them is creation of, of economic activities at that level. 
we have we have overlaid all of our operational areas on top of the district model and define what we will be doing within that model. One is dealing with assessments, both of potential projects and skills that already exist, which will then align those with the IDPs that municipalities have. At, at, at the level of revenue generation is developing the pipeline, in other words, the projects, the idea that is made into a project that's fundable, assist to get to that level so that it is funded. And to identify the skills that are in the community that can be utilized for implementation of the project. So at a very high level, that's the structure we, we, we are exploring in, in working with the district. We have identified districts that we are currently piloting at. <clears throat> Just in few minutes, you will be will be there. But there are two areas that, when we implement this, the turnaround, we must focus on. The first one is the NDA itself, institutional design of the NDA and how the NDA operates. The second one is to pilot how the programs, when they get into the ground, how are they going to look like, including coordination, raising funding, and working with each and every government department and dealing with all issues that are affecting communities, including uh, social issues, uh, including welfare issues, and development issues because all of them, all of them, they affect the ability of the community to live a, a, a beneficial livelihood. So we will phase it into four phases. Some of these phases will talk where we are with, with those. And we have created work streams that deals with each of these critical areas for the turnaround. We've got to have a very strong project management abilities at the NDA. Business architecture and business case design, because each of those projects will require that for them to be fundable. The NDA funding design and activation, we need a good management of that money. We know we've got a law that's covers us on that, but there's pre-work that needs to be done before these projects can go to the board for, for approval, for implementation as safe and addressing the, the mandate of the NDA. We have a team working on branding of the NDA, rebranding of the NDA, change management, which is very, very key for us as NDA and processes, policies, and procedures that needs to align to the requirement of the turnaround, organizational development technology, regulatory, and legal, and the pilot projects. We already have teams that are looking at these areas. Just going 
we then identify seven key risks that we need to mitigate as we start the implementation of, of this strategy. The first risk, I'm not going to go to the mitigation actions in detail because they are there. The first risk is the resistance continuous resistance of a government to allocate more resources to, to NDA, which is really not a risk, is, is, is a known incident uh, that there is very little appetite to increase funding to government departments, entities, given the fiscal constraints. The second one is uh, the, the project pipeline, they, they do not create the numbers of jobs that makes the, the neighbor in that community feel hopeful that my neighbor's son has got, now is working there, has got a job. It means even mine is going to go there. So if it is not, that's the risk that we, we need to mitigate also. Insufficient funding. In insufficient people that actually pledges if to, to invest on CSO's development that at the end of the day will alleviate poverty and 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 create employment and 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 activate local businesses. So that's another risk that we have to mitigate. And insecurity within and resistance of change within the NDA is, a, is one of the most realistic risks because if we don't take the staff with us, at the end of the day, the whole thing will collapse and it has collapsed before. So we need to be very in a specific on how we take everybody into the train with us as we move the journey within the NDA. The fifth one is, is, is questioning of the validity and practical, practicality of what we have presented. That's one thing that uh, we, we always come across. Um, is it real? Can, you, can, can, it, can we create such jobs, uh, can we deliver on this? And, and we, we, we have put mitigation against that. And just lack of confidence in the NDA turnaround strategic potential by the strategic partners. If at any point we don't deliver on what we have promised at the project pipeline and pledging point, this risk become real. And we have to make sure we avoid that. And the last one is a simple one. What if this pilot size fails and people just lose interest in it? It's one of those um, initiatives that have failed. So we, we, are, we are taking serious consideration in putting mitigation against all of those seven risks. And um, just moving towards the end of the strategy component itself now, we have looked at uh, uh, how do we rebrand the NDA? How do we put the NDA's identity synonymous with 
good practice, good service delivery, alleviation of the poor, and all those words that a, a brand end up usually associated with. So we have we have thought through what needs to fit a brand that will represent NDA. One is the brand identity itself. It must, it must be just there in your face. Two is the human-like attributes that you, we put in, in our brand. If we then put pictures, we put all of these that talks to NDA, there must be human, real, relevant to human being. And, and the brand values, uh, accountability and uh, uh, responsibility uh, uh, and, and all the things that we take them as good human value. And the repositioning of the NDA, where we actually find our own corner where we can hang our product and people, they know where to go. And the emotional story that the brand will create. Just, we are just showing you just one example of six different brand, branding logos that we are currently sifting to, through, finding a way which one uh, will, will end up being used in the rebranding of the NDA. The last point on the strategy is the change management. The change management is addressing three areas. One, emotional engagement. In the NDA itself, there's a level of emotional engagement we would need to actually put into action for the people that have been working for the NDA for a number of years to, to get to a point where they feel change is good. The second one is intellectual alignment. We can very well articulate what we are talking about, but it is not us that should be articulating that as management, but it's everybody at the NDA that they can align and think with in the turnaround. And the last point is reinforcement of, of behavior, which is which we need to actually do. I will chair, I'll just request Undate Morule to, to take us through the transitional plans and, and we'll, we'll, we'll have concluded the presentation. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Chair. It will not, it will not be long. It's about, I think, six slides or so. The, the, the CA had already spoken about the, the fact that we have an APP which already identifies a number of transitional uh, elements which are meant to implement the turnaround strategy. The first one is the, is the, the district pilots. So we have identified nine district pilots where we are going to, to, to pilot the, the, the model that 
we are talking about, but implementing it within the, 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 the framework of the district development model. Already in the Eastern Cape, we have started. Uh, the district of choice of selection in the, in the Eastern Cape is the OR Tambo district. So we, we, we have already started partnering with COCTA, with, with uh, a DBSA, and, and, and the different local municipalities within the district municipality already. And our key focus of areas of focus is primarily on job creation and economic uh, participation, youth development and food security. You would realize that along, I think all the areas that we have, all the districts that we have chosen in the different provinces, the specific areas of focus are mainly job creation and economic participation, youth development and food security, and as well capacity development. In line with the in line with the proposed uh, uh, re-engineering of the NDA, which focuses on revenue generation and skills development. In the free state, the district of choice, the district of choice is 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 literally put a, a district in Northern Cape. I'm not going to go into the you know the specific stakeholders. Suffice it to say that in every province we have specific stakeholders that we are working with and identifying pilot projects that we will coordinate and integrate as one government, as one as 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 one plan within that particular district, implementing it together and NDA being at the center of coordinating and integrating such services. The, the Northern Cape, the district of choice is ZF Ngau district. And, and, and again, it focuses on job creation and economic participation and all of the, 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 you know, the pain points that we have identified in the different districts, because they are similar across, across the different districts. In Mpumalanga, we, we, we are piloting in Etlanzeni district, in Gauteng, it's in Westrand district. May, may I mention that we, we are already having engagements even with, with the district. We went to have, we had a meeting with the, the Westrand uh, 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 management, district management, Around areas of of, of common uh, in, of, of of common implementation, in relation to the World Food Program, which is I think what we introduced, and even in a number of other pro, other provinces and districts, we have identified we already have uh, an MOU and a funding from World Food Program to the tune of 20 million. And we are identifying specific food security projects that will benefit out of that particular funding. So we've already had such engagement with Houting and we are having a, a number of them. Now at a national office, but also at a provincial, at a provincial level, there's interaction with the with the specific, you know, a, a local in local spaces, the you know, management and uh, uh, authority in those particular uh, districts and local uh, municipalities. In the next slide. It's, it's, I think it's just a regurgitation of the same, of the same focus areas, focusing on Limpopo, where we have chosen Waterbeck District. In Kezeren, it's Etiquini Metro. In Northwest, it's Nakadimudirimulema. And in the Western Cape, it's Garden Root uh, a, a District Municipality, where we have, where we are partnering with traditional leaders, with councillors, the DDM structure. Colleagues, uh, uh, members, sorry, members would know that in the implementation, at the core of the implementation of the DDM, there are structures that are already established uh, uh, in the form of a DD structure, where different stakeholders, you know, engage on 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 on. on
implementation of programs in those particular localities. So, so we are present in those particular localities uh, in all the districts that we have uh, spoken to now. The, we, we have started as well collaborating with COPTA. We had an engagement with COPTA about, uh, I think, a month ago or so, where we have identified a number of areas that we, we, we deem necessary to, to collaborate on. The first one is on skills development. As, as you would have seen, the, the, the key focus area of the turnaround strategy is revenue generation and skills development. Now, in the area of skills development, we are already linking with CITAS. To, in our collaboration with COPTA, we are linking with CITAS uh, 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 in our skills, develop, skills development pillar so that there can be uh, empowering of benef beneficiaries to enhance their skills to provide quality services. But also in the CSOs that we are forming, that the same CSOs are able to benefit from specific technical skills requirements. For example, even in the area of Department of Agriculture, we have started uh, uh, talks with them around the specific extension and technical skills that can be uh, advanced towards the CSOs that we are forming. So we are very deliberate in the type of skills that we need to be advanced to, to uh, uh, the CSOs that we are forming, particularly because the skills that are necessary for, for, I think Mr. Magongo spoke at length about the fact that when there are projects in a community, we should not be importing skills from elsewhere, but there should be skills resident in that particular community. So that's part of the linkage that we are having with CETA. The second one is on, is on the implementation of the district development model, which is core to our partnership. And we're looking at specialization, we're looking at reprioritization of resources towards areas of interest, areas of need in particular communities that we are collaborating on. The third one is on resource mobilization. And I think uh, uh, the CEO has spoken at length about the resource mobilization efforts that we are making. But we are not limiting it to the effort by NDA. Through collaboration with, 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 with COPTA, we have a broader focus on, on, on going into the localities, looking at business in those particular private sector in those particular localities, so that we define the needs in that particular in that particular locality or district, and then and then harness the resources and the assets that already exist in that particular locality for the benefit of that particular community. So our resource mobilization efforts are not just limited to, you know, just NDA, but we're riding also on the wave of, of, of COCTA's ability to, to, to infiltrate at, at different localities. The, the fourth one is the access to markets, I think, which is very important because we, we, we want to establish CSOs and these CSOs, they must be able to sell their produce, they must be able to sell their whatever offering that they have you know, to the, to the market. So we, 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 we form them in such a manner that they do not sit with the produce that they have. Already with the World Food Program, the, the MOU that we have in place is such that for agriculture, in the agricultural sector, in Western, for example, where there's a focus in planting any agricultural produce, then through their supply chains, they would then be able to match these, these uh, uh, producers with the, with the consumers within the country and even outside the country. So I think the, we will then benefit from the supply chains that exist within the world food, uh, within the UN program. The last one, 
which, which, which relates to our COPTA collaboration is on sustainability. We want to ensure, we want to build, ensure building of reserves through sales, product development, quality and quantity of project, product and, and, and upscaling. I'm going to go to the next slide, which, which just identifies the number of projects that we have already identified us together with COPTA that we want to go into. First one is infrastructure maintenance, drainage system maintenance, road surface maintenance, spring and borehole protection, grading of rural roads, emergency storm resource, uh, response, waking for water, waking on fire, youth jobs in waste program, and there is the different recycle, recycling programs that we would uh, want to get into. So ideally, the formation of our CSOs would be very deliberate and informed by these particular uh, uh, you know, pressing areas and targeted uh, uh, community projects that we have uh, at our disposal. We would want to form CSOs that are focusing on infrastructure maintenance, uh, on road surface uh, maintenance. Uh, this is now in relation to potholes. So we'll be very specific and deliberate in the formation of those particular CSOs so that it's not a CSO that exists and struggles, struggles to you know, sustain itself because it is depending on government for, further, for, for, for continuous support and grant funding. In the, in the next slide, I'm going to speak to the internal mechanisms within NDA because I think part of what, uh, particularly in relation to the, the slides that related to, to, to organizational uh, uh, restructuring of the NDA or functional structure uh, of the NDA, the, the, the business processes, the response of the, of the IT environment. I think the CEO also presented on the, on the architecture, the current architecture. We have already started looking at our own current, our current architecture and compared it against what is proposed in the business model, what is proposed in the turnaround, uh, in the turnaround strategy. And we have identified deficiencies and areas of improvement. The, the, our service delivery model has largely been based on physical contact. In other words, and, and I think COVID really exposed us to a very large extent in the sense that our, our ability to reach and to cover the, the CSOs uh, uh, on the ground was extremely limited primarily because we depended largely on physical contact and we could not advance that. So we need to, to digitize our programs and capacity building is one such program that is identified for digitization. At, the, at, at, at this moment, we've already appointed a service provider to assist us with technical support and professional uh, advisory services on ICT systems development and implementation of a digital transformation. So we realize that we need to transform digitally uh, as the NDA so that our offerings, our services are not only accessible uh, uh, through, you know, in contact, but also in the type of architecture that will define the system that will define integrated system, there will be front, almost a front line uh, 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 in front access, you know, of, of services from the from, from the uh, uh, you know from the internet directly, and at the same time, even funders themselves, as, as I think, even in Section Four of, of our Act, there's such articulation that there has to be information shared in the NDA, NDA database with funders uh, as well. So for ease of access of 
the type of projects for fund, we need to identify them in the, uh, 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 in the integrated portal that we will build uh, going forward. The, the, this, we've, as I said, we've already at, uh, uh, appointed a service provider. The service provider will be looking at uh, uh, digitizing or advising us on the digital uh, transformation and integration of the ICT systems within the NDA. All the current systems have to be integrated and they must be exist digitally so that they are not only based uh, uh, on, 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 on paper as such. The, the, the important thing is to also develop a digitization strategy uh, uh, for the NDA that is aligned to the, to the turnaround strategy. We speak of the NDA fund being created. We speak of the uh, de development of a pipeline of projects. That development of a pipeline of projects, you must be able to access it digitally uh, on an online platform and be able to see these are the number of projects that have been prepared. And funders can go into that particular platform and engage on the type of uh, uh, support that they would want to lend to identified uh, 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 projects already. I'm not going to spend much on this. Suffice to say that we have already done an SS analysis, which is a situational analysis of our own uh, uh, architecture, ICT architecture, and we've identified deficiencies. And the, the, the work that is left, it is to now re, reconfigure our digitization strategy and this, this digitization uh, 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 programs to ensure that they mimic the turnaround strategy and the ideals thereof. The next one is on the review of the organizational structure. We, we, we have to align to the proposed turnaround strategy. And I think there were four key areas identified. The first one being on revenue generation, the second one on skills, de skills development, on resource mobilization, and on, 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 on policy, uh, you know, removing policy bottlenecks, on policy research and lobbying, essentially. So, our organizational structure will be primarily focusing on that. What we have done so far is to develop the terms of reference so that we can appoint, because this is quite a massive project uh, for the NDA. At a, at a core level of, of, of uh, uh, you know, revenue generation and skills development and policy lobbying and all of those, but also internally within the NDA, you know, what is typically known as pro, uh, program one, you know, administration and governance. There's a need for restructuring to ensure that the, the, the support basis, the enabling environment is, is, is conducive enough and it is created, it supports, you know, the, the core elements of the mandate of the NDA. So we've already started with the development of ter terms of reference and there's a process to ensure that we, 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 you know, we consult extensively internally before that process is then uh, implemented. The, the second last slide relates to the resource mobilization. We are already at a point in our attempt to implement, to part implement the, 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 you know, the strategy. We have already gained pledges from these different organizations to the value of 472 million. And this is, internally from within government, in, 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 in different government departments, but also in the private sector, in the, in the UN agency as well. I've already spoken to World Food Program. We already we also have a collaboration with UN Women to the tune of 4 million. So the total of these 
contributions and pledges that are already made is 472, some of which we have already realized. In the, for example, the 20 million that I'm talking about from World Food Program has already been realized. And even some from the government, for example, the 103 million as well from the UIF. So there's already immediate realization of, of, of some of these commitments. It's not commitments in vain uh, or on paper, but already there's translation, practical translation uh, of these particular uh, pledges that have been made. We, already, we also have uh, uh, solicitation plans with, with a number of partners, with Glencore, with Chamber of Mines, Black Business Council, uh, BUSA, Sishen, INO, Community Development Trust. So there's, there, there's quite a number of engagements, particularly on corporate social investment to ensure that the CSIs that exist in this particular areas in private sector in particular can be harnessed can be accessed to be used for development of these communities now the 472 million that i spoke to essentially should be seen uh, against this picture which 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 presents our current budget allocation structure from the uh, uh, you know from national treasury this is our fiscal allocation we have 221 million now we are already we have already raised more than twice our our fiscal allocation, which is 472 million. That's what we currently have. Now, we are presenting this picture as it currently is, with the knowledge and understanding that in the future, or even if this picture had to be changed, for example, I think an ongoing conversation has always been around the the, the ratio or the split between mandate and, and, and uh, compensation of employees. But if you look at what goes towards mandate, already from the resources raised is 472 million against uh, 220 million. So our total budget, our total available funding could be read as 472 million plus 220 million with the bulk of it going towards a mandate and supporting CSO development work. The last slide we are requesting the portfolio committee to note progress made uh, on the development of the turnaround strategy and implementation of key components of the transitional plan. Thank you very much, members. Thank you, see you. Thank you. Uh, Captain CEO, any other thing? Any additions? Are Is we done? Yes, we, we are done, Chair. Thank you very much. Uh, that was the end of our presentation. Thank, Thank you, you very much. It was long, man. We never anticipated that you a lot of information. But thank you very much for that presentation. Can I give over to the honorable members? Honorable Gisela's hand is up. Honorable Honorable Alex, Honorable Bridget. Over to you, Honorable Gisela. Chairperson, thank you very much. I would like to know
We've had a turnaround strategy in the past. I'd like to know how will this comprehensive CSO development model better address poverty eradication in the poor communities than what we already are doing? Can you highlight the differences between this turnaround model and what we've been doing so far? Can you please explain the mechanisms for sustainability the NDA is going to deploy and how it will benefit the poor and enable financial sustainability in the end? I heard you spoke about how you're going to tap into the pool of money and resources that will be there for the district development model. But exactly where does the NDA fit into that? Because people are going to compete for that pool of resources and money. It's not going to be there for the taking. How will the perceived lack of impact of NDA programs be addressed through this new turnaround strategy? And what differences will there be in the NDA fundraising as it supports the mandate of assistance to CSOs? And how will business turnaround be ensured through this? Thank you, Chair. Okay, thank you. Alex. Thank you, Chairperson, and thank you to the NDA for the presentation. Um, Chairperson, I'm a little concerned because, you know, um, I'm, I'm happy that, you know, we get the picture that job creation can lead to poverty reduction. But, you know, the President in his SONA address at the beginning of the year, you know, indicated that it's the private sector's role to create jobs. And here we have now another government entity, you know, trying to create jobs. So that is very concerning. Another concern I have, Chairperson, is that this sounds, you know, a lot like our National Skills Development Plan. It sounds a lot of what DDAT's doing, um, what CEDA's doing through their business um, um, funding. So the NDA mentioned, you know, duplications in welfare efforts in government. So are we not concerned that we are, the NDA is now duplicating what some of the other departments are already doing? Um, and I'd also, you know, I've, I've seen um, they mentioned seat, the CETAs um, and things, but what has been um the input from the other departments, like our Department of, you know, Higher Education and Training with the National Skills Development Plan, DDAT, et cetera, what has been their input in this turnaround um, strategy to avoid the duplications um, that was previously, previously mentioned? And, you know, Chairperson, when we speak about, you know, duplication of funding, the MPO database should really serve as a, reference point for funding, you know, for our um, government departments to see which CSOs are getting what amount of funding, you know, from what um, department or what municipality, provincial government, etc., um, to avoid that. Um, then, Chairperson, you know, on the, genera- the revenue generation, it's a little unclear to me, you know, for what for what are we generating this revenue is it to then um, plow back into communities through you know stipends for these projects or is it revenue generation for the NDA and you know chairperson if I think back to the Carter grant you know the NDA took a uh, I don't know what was this percentage um, but they took a percentage for administration fees 
So I'm asking the question now. So with all these pledges coming through, the NDA is going to be charging administration fees, I imagine. So and it's it's big amounts because what is I think it's between two and eight percent um, admin fees that the NDA can charge for managing all these projects. And what what my observation was with the Carter grant, you know, when they did the call for proposals. Um, for the victim empowerment um, projects and things, they weren't the best placed um, to run those call for proposals. The provincial departments were because they have the VEP component um, and they knew exactly what to look for in these organizations. So here we have the NDA again, you know, doing something new that they not necessarily have the skills to do um, calling for proposals and projects. So, you know, my other question is, the staff, how are we going to capacitate the staff um, to do these this new role? You know, will all the NDA staff have to reapply for their jobs? Because I imagine this is going to come with some title changes and things like that. So how has the NDA looked at capacitating their own staff? Will they have to apply again for positions or how will that work? And, you know, Chairperson, I would have thought it would just be about, you know, not the NDA creating the job, but, you know, more of linking the people, you know, to job opportunities. And it brings me to my other question, Chairperson. So when does the project become a business? You know, because if this NDA is talking about creating CSOs, you know, apart from the fact there are already existing CSOs that the NDA could help instead of just, you know, creating new ones for new purposes, so when does the line between project and a business um, stop? Because obviously the NDA, you know, are going to have to exit the project at some point once the project is running. And then the question of ownership comes in, you know, who's, who's going to be responsible for owning this project? Um, you know, so that is also something that's very confusing. I'd also like to know, you know, how did they choose the pilot areas um, you know, how was those municipalities chosen to run the pilot? And if the pilots are already running in some of those municipalities, you know, our legislature that they spoke about being changed, or is there anything that is, you know, in conflict with our current legislation, our current act, if we are already running some of the pilots um, in these areas? Um, then, Chairperson, I also am a bit concerned about, you know, the fundraising aspect of NDA. You know, NDA played a big role um, in CSOs um, in terms of capacitating them on how to fundraise. And I just feel that, you know, if they're going to withdraw that service from um, communities, you know, it might just, um, you know, put some of our um, NPOs on a little bit of a back foot. Um, because NDA did play a role in, in you know, capacitating existing um, MPOs. And I'd like to know if they will still be, you know, rendering support to existing MPOs or if the strategy is now completely turned to just focus on creating new um, CSOs. Then, Chairperson, you know, I'm sure we will go through and receive a list of what the legislative um, changes are going to be. And I'd just like to, the last thing, you know, what was missing, I think, in this presentation was for the NDA to actually show us what their footprint has been, you know, over the last few years. Because if we can see what their footprint was, 
you know, would have an understanding of the reach and how far this is going to go. And just last two points, chairperson, I just would like to find out, you know, the logo design, was that the only option that they had or did they actually go through a process where, you know, um, they were presented with a few options and they chose that option. And then just lastly, chairperson, this is now off the topic slightly, but since I have the NDA year, I need to, you know, use the opportunity. I've been inundated with um, complaints and messages and emails from a group of individuals um, with with respect to some court order that they were community development um, practitioners who were terminated and the court order says they need to be reinstated. So now I don't want to get involved in labor issues. Uh, It's placing me in a difficult situation, but because you aren't responding to them, they are inundating me with messages and calls. So my kind request to the acting um, CEO, can you please respond to these individuals? I think you know who they are. Um, because they are inundating me with calls. Thank you very much. Honorable Masangu. Thank you, Chairperson. And thank you so much to the NDA on the presentation of the uh, strategy, turnaround strategy. Um, uh, quite a, a, a comprehensive and, um, and seemingly thought through a strategy coming forward. My question, Chairperson, is uh, that of there being at the moment an acting um, champion of the strategy, um, is, is that, is that uh, not an issue um, when, when, when people like CEOs come into organizations want to, you know, develop their own strategy for those strategies to be, for them to know that they have a mandate that comes from a strategy that they would have been part of, of, um, of, putting, for, of putting together. And just to find out how far the process is of uh, getting a permanent uh, CEO as we already know, as we know, um, as the committee and and, and and the department that there has been quite a few uh, turnaround strategies with the, with the NDA and um, one would want to know the successes of the previous ones as we embark on the next one. I think I was covered by the mention during the presentation that the the NDA is looking at the legislative framework within which it is operating, obviously, because um, some of what has been presented this morning seems to be uh, what one would loosely call um, um, sort of mandate uh, overreach of sorts. So I am quite encouraged to hear that they are looking at the legislation uh, that empowers the NDA to do its work. And one would um, really, uh, you know, welcome the the, the details thereof uh, to just see that we are talking within what we have been given to talk within. And the, the last question, Chair, um, is as a result of the slide that spoke to 
getting, in fact, I think throughout the presentation, this was very emphasized in the presentation that the, 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 the rest of government, not just the Department of Social Development, would need to, um, you know, collaborate around this strategy uh, resource with, with the resources. And I just want to know, this was already in the initial, in the existing NDA Act, and it doesn't seem to have worked over year, over the years. Uh, how is the, the, um, the NDA um, hoping for this time to get this to happen? Um, you know, what, what if they could just take us into confidence as to the strategy to try and make that happen? Because I didn't hear it come through. I did hear that it, it is going to be, that is going to be what is happening, but I didn't hear how that was going to be sort of uh, done this time round. Thank you so much, Chairperson. I really appreciate the, the presentation. Thank you. Honorable um, Thank you. Thank you, Chairperson. Um, I just want to say um, uh, thank you for, 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 for this whole presentation. It was really um, interesting, um, but it's a lot of information that comes in once. I also want to say thank you to my colleagues because uh, the, the things that I was thinking of, they have already addressed. But I would like to ask a big, 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 big favor is that chairperson, because this is such a big, this is such a big um, um, process that we are busy with. Won't it be better if we have a workshop on everything? Because on, on, on practical on paper, it looks unique. It is, it is, it is it's good. It's nice. But for the implementation of these things, how are we going to go about this whole thing? So I just want to ask, Chair, can't we have a face-to-face workshop on this whole presentation that we just had now? Because it's a very detailed one. I understood what everything that they have said, but I just want to know um, if it is possible like that because we need to discuss this thing in detail. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. The last one is Honorable Stock. Honorable Tikha. Uh, Chair, I think the system kicked him out. I can't see him. Chairperson, it's it's Alex yet again. I just forgot two points quickly. I'll be quick. So, Alex, out of all what you have asked, can I give you, meanwhile, uh, Honorable Jahan has been kicked out of the system? Yes, thank you very much, Chairperson. So just, um, Chairperson, if maybe the NDA can just explain again, using the example that they, they used with the World Food Programme, so what exactly is the NDA's role now with the World Food Programme? So is, are they playing a facilitation role in that they need to go, they the people, they the agency that will go and find people to work on the project? Is their role to find the warehouse for the food production? Is it to find the farm for the food production? What exa- If I can just elaborate what exactly 
their role is going to be. Is their role going to go and be create a new CSO to facilitate this funding for food production? If they can just elaborate using that example they used, but then also, Chairperson, I think it will be important that when this project is now that it's that we heard that it's running already, that the NDA has to come back to us to give us um, a report back on the outcomes and if it's and if it's worked. I think that's very important because I'm not fully understanding the NDA's role, apart from just being the facilitating agent and then then having administration fees and and things like that. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Honorable Alex. And then can we meanwhile give over to the entity? Chairperson. Chairperson. Oh, Honorable Mayangani. I this person go with the age. Okay. Mm. And co- continue. We're all going to a bus. Even mine has just arrived. I mean, I'm going to go to Yes, you can ask even why, even if you are in a bus, mine has already arrived. I'm gonna be in a bus, but I'll continue with the meeting. Can you ask? We are given a chance to ask. I, I I'm just pleading that this uh, is a good uh, uh, documentation and presentation, but it needs when we are together, like uh, others have said, for the workshop, but not. Uh, in a marathon like what we have, we would have one, only one of them today, one entity, because this is good one, is what we wanted to know, because we are on the ground to check if this thing will to happen the way they are saying. So I'm pleading, we need to have another workshop, because this one is just presentation, and then it's marathon. That's my proposal. Thank you, Chair. Okay, thank you, Honorable Mangani. Can we then give over to um, the entity? Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Mangani. Can we give over to the entity? Thank you, Chair. Through you, Chair, I will... <clears throat> thank you for the questions from the Honorable Members. Mm-hmm. And, and I will... We'll, we'll try and deal with them, uh, but I will first request uh, Mr. Morule uh, to deal with the question on mechanism for sustainability and um, also deal with um, the question that came from member, uh, Honorable Member Abrahams on on duplication, on duplication, and in um, on duplication between government entities and the NDAs, uh, and I will then ask the corporate executive to talk about the question from. Um, member Abrahams on staffing and how do we uh, reskill and realign them and what are the processes we will follow and the question that deals with pilot sites uh, from member Abrahams pilot sites, footprints 
and 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 the whole question of uh, the model that we are using. Uh, yeah. uh, excuse me, Mr. Makong. Don't repeat the questions. Say. I'm thinking about time now. Just yeah, say so okay. and so must respond. So and so, and they know they are questions. Yeah, yeah. I'm just giving yes. them the, the question. That they must Maro- have been taken note of the questions. Say. Yeah, just yeah. give them their the responsibility and they must answer their questions. Yes, we'll answer the pilot's side question and the question <laughs> on on how we, agreed, we agreed don't repeat with. the questions. Just nominate people to answer the questions. Each and every one who's present in a meeting should have noted their questions. No, I'm trying to, to 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 yeah, I'm trying to fast check the time. You have heard that other honourable members are on their way to the parliament right now. Yeah, yes. No, no. Thank you, Chair. Those are the questions. The rest I will address them at the end. Those, Chair. Thank, thank you. you. Thank Mr. you, Yes. Okay. Thank you, members. The, the, there was a question raised around the sustainability of of these CSOs. The the, the one focus that we are having, which is different from what we did in the past, is that we are focusing on communities. The first thing that we do, we want to profile a community and determine what are the needs in this particular community. What are the present CSOs? In other words, just the CSO landscape in that particular community. The presence of, of cooperatives, NPOs, and everything uh, in that particular community. And part of the reason we do that is so that we, we embed project implementation in the community itself. And it is focusing on the members of its members of the community that are running this. We are not importing skills from elsewhere to come into a, a community and render particular services. So it is very specific to CSOs that are specific that are present in that particular community. So where 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 there is no such CSO based on the profile that we would have conducted uh, uh, guided by the need that exists in that particular community, we we we, we have a, a mandate to 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 reconstitute CSOs, to form CSOs, to create CSOs that can that that can respond to the need in that particular community. So we are using com- uh, CSOs as a vehicle to reach the communities, but the focus still remains the community. So. These are projects that will be implemented by CSOs in those particular communities based on the need. In other words, if based on our profiling and assessment in this particular locality or or, or community, what would thrive would be agriculture-related projects or manufacturing, whatever the case is, mining, depending on, 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 it will depend, of course, from community to community. That is the type of CSOs that we will be uh, advancing funding towards and 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 therefore we think that it will be sustainable because it is based on need but we have a hand-holding exercise particularly through the skills development exercise the idea is to is to uh, fully capacitate CSOs to incubate them and to 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 match them with success successful businesses in those particular areas so that they can be sustainable afterwards the second one on duplication by NDA is that 
we 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 are specifically looking at what our mandate uh, 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 wants us to do which is to collaborate with CSOs so we are collaborating specifically with CSOs we are not we are not it, we are not inclining perhaps towards a, a creation of certain ventures and businesses but it's specifically on CSOs but CSOs themselves they have to for you to for, for the for the communities to be to be to be taken out of abject poverty. Our specific focus is this particular CSOs. The the rest of the other government departments, they, they have particular. They have, hello. The rest of the other government departments they have a particular focus on 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 SMEs on on on, on big business on a different on a different range of uh, 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 you know areas of intervention but our specific area is on CSOs and CSOs only thank you chair makumalo while we are waiting for over to you, Makumal. Thank you, thank you, ma'am. Uh, good afternoon. I just want to make a request, um, Honorable Chairperson, that I submit most of the, the responses uh, in writing because I've been having load shedding on my side. The only question that I was able to clearly capture is the one on the role of the NDA. Uh, in terms of the World Food Program. That one I clearly captured. But the rest of the questions, I was getting some of the, the, the what you call the parts of the questions and not some parts. So that's my request that I would like to make. But let me respond to the one on the role of the NDA. Okay, uh, in- just before that, can we request uh, on, uh, Mr. Magongo to, to do as such and repeat the questions that have been asked? Please. Okay. Okay. Mr. Makong, can you assist her? Yes. Yeah, she is the, the one that the, only needs the assistance. The question she will address is the pilot pilot sites, how were they uh, selected? And the next one is the one that she said she had it. Only two questions that have been asked from you. Thank you very much, Amen. Let me start by indicating that um, as the NDA, we work in collaboration with all existing uh, stakeholders within the district. So some of these pilot sites were not identified by the NDA alone, but they were identified by the district structures. So the role of the NDA, as the CEO indicated, is that we coordinate the development within that particular um, that particular uh, district in such a way that if there's a need for CSOs to be funded to provide uh, the, 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 the interventions that have been identified within the, the district, then the NDA will fund those uh, CSOs as our entry to communities is through CSOs. So in most of the, 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 these districts, the sites have been identified by the collective, and then we come in to provide uh, the coordination role and also 
play our role according to uh, the mandate of the NDA. And then in terms of the role of the NDA within the World Food Program, this is a third party funder, the, the World Food uh, Program. They are providing 20 million funding to the NDA. And then what we do is that we identify the CSOs that qualify for funding from this particular uh, program. And then we support the CSOs through our interventions. If the CSO is in need of capacity building in a particular area, and then we bring in all the the stakeholders and the role role players to make sure that they provide uh, the service that is needed by the CSO. And then we fund the CSO. After that, we make sure that the CSO, we monitor the work of the CSO so that it delivers on the the work that we are expected to deliver. The the CEO mentioned that this particular program has a a market that uh, the CSO will will, um, provide their produce to. So the role of the NDA will make sure that we also connect this particular CSO through that project program of, of the, 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 the market that is offered by the World Food Program. So ours is just to make sure that we prepare the CSOs, we fund because the funds will be transferred to the NDA, then we'll facilitate the funding of the CSO, we'll monitor the work of the CSO to make sure that they meet all the requirements and also make sure that their produce gets to the market where they will be able to, to also uh, address the issues of sustainability once we are out of uh, that particular program. Thanks, Chair. Thank you very much. Can we request that uh, the, what is it, the presentation be removed? The slides can be removed. Yeah, thank you, Chair. Let me just uh, wrap on the other questions that have not been touched. The difference between the initial, what we had called repositioning of the NDA and the turnaround strategy is the is the mechanism that we are using this as be what was used. The, the, the first part was internally looking that everything is done by NDA and everything NDA is responsible and NDA will fund all these activities from its allocation from National Treasure. It flatly failed. And we needed to change that. And the difference now is this is not NDA alone. It's NDA coordinating the variety of interventions from different departments within a district development model that the municipalities run for effectiveness and efficiency and easy financing of community-based projects. That is the difference. And I think the, the, the other question, which I just quickly will deal with, NDA is really not creating the the jobs itself. The project creates the job. In other words, the project that we will be funding, there must be a guarantee that the people that 
are going to own that project. They've got skills. Two, they've got means of earning income. Three, they can provide jobs for people in that community, which is owned by them. So the, the job part is then outcome of that process. So we create projects through the pipeline that can give you that. And the projects are owned and run by the organizations in those communities. They are not owned by the NDA. We do not want to have an NDA project. We've got an, a, a project that creates job and all stakeholders had got a part in it and we coordinate that. The, in terms of the, the staff, part of the process that we are doing is, 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 is actually assessing the skills that we have and the skills gap. And the reason we're looking for the skills gap is because we know what we require as we go in. And we, we have set a program to actually reskill our own people to meet that. That's the first price. The second price is if we then therefore don't have it, but we need it, we can go and procure it from the market. And the reason that we are doing, which is a question related to the, how do we use the money, right? The, the reason that we are raising, we've got a specific direct a resource mobilization and a fund people work can pledge is because we want to relieve the allocation from national treasury. If you read 4.2 of the act, it says that money we must use it for administration. We are currently using 40 million for funding projects, which is too small. We need to use that money to build our own capability and capacities over the years. And I must say at this point that we are in a process of finalizing this strategy. And then taken through the process, the board, uh, which we expect to be appointed in, 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 in few, in few weeks or so, uh, has to actually go through this process that we are talking about so that they take ownership of the change and they influence what is contained. Part of the problem, I mean, part of the uh, uh, putting breaks in actually getting to the end of the strategy is precisely that. Because it will need a CEO who will be accountable for it administratively and a board that can take ownership we are trying to get the process of the board appointment, CEO appointment happening quickly so that before we can say we are done, they've got time to actually go through this and see what is doable and what is not doable. And I think the, the, the logo, there are five different logos that have been proposed. They're still in a process of a, a elimination and finding one that a, it will seem appropriate for the NDA and it may evoke the spirit that we want to evoke. I think the, the, the collaboration a question with government, look, 
The NDA doesn't exist in an island, neither it was created as such. That's why the Act says uh, we must conduit funding from all government departments and foreign uh, um, uh, government and private sector. So when we we go to a district, we had Wazrand. We didn't approach was run, they approached the NDA after they had were in this process. We didn't go to Cocta. Cocta approached the NDA. We didn't approach the Free State. Cocta, Provincial Cocta. They approach us. So I've got many of these people approaching and saying, what is it that you can offer? to collaborate in dealing with poverty alleviation and, and, and creating employment opportunities. So our approach is not in the, 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 the social development portfolio is extremely key because it has a welfare section which we don't want it to always depend on donation, but create some economic activities for those organizations to generate income. We need to focus on the people that are dependent on social security to these jobs that will be created in the local areas so that we we relieve the, the social security net from ever increasing cost of it. So it's beneficial across and it takes into consideration the existence of those government departments and their policies. So it's a partnership that we are creating across government, both spheres and departments. And um, uh, I think the question of the differences in the last three years, uh, what our footprint and we had been operating in nine provinces and provincial offices. I think with two or three uh, uh, district offices. We have been offered by the municipalities to actually go and work within those municipalities. Local municipalities and district municipalities, over 230-something. Uh, that's the reach because we'll have a person or people within each of those municipalities partnering on the work for developing those communities. I think we've seen the kinds of projects COCTA is putting up front, including the, 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 the community development workers and our volunteers. We are looking at EPWP workers so that when they, when they exit, there must be an exit to an economic active a, a venture for them to sustain their livelihood. We don't say two years has ended, then go home and they jump to another one that's available. That's what we want to break. In, uh, I think in, I think the question on a lack of impact. Look, um, we have we have looked at the impact that we should have given over the past years. We have done a number of evaluations. 
The, the impact that we currently make is anecdotal and it's very difficult to link it to some tangible job sustainable at the end because we are funding one organization, funding it only once a year and then we are gone. And then they must come with a proposal or another. But what we need to do is to focus on a community and activities that can be created and let the community create its own economy over time and have access to support funding, skills development, including the NPOs, by the way. We are not living NPOs in the welfare sector, in the other areas which might not be for skills or social sector. We are not leaving them because within those institutions, we need to make sure that the people that get a service from them does not only get the psychosocial services that they get, but there is an opportunity for them to participate in some economic activity that is linked to that facility and they can earn an income from it then we are holistically looking at development. There is not A versus B, is how do we integrate all of them and the mechanism does that. I think that was, I think the court case thing we can, I'm not going to, through you chair, to just go in detail on it. Yes, we are aware of, of that and we are currently dealing with it. And we communicate with those staff because they are represented by lawyers. Uh, so we, we, we communicate through that in their union. Uh, but we, we, are, we are open to communicate to them openly once they, they have uh, contacted us. Uh, the workshop, we, 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 we also support that idea, Chair. Uh, uh, we, we just would request that it, once we finish tying up this, getting through our processes, uh, uh, we need to have that workshop where we can uh, have a detailed engagement. And I think it will be beneficial for us to do that. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Mr. Makongo. Uh, we are done with uh, the answers eh? and the response from the entity. Um, thank you ever so much. We are not overlooking the issue of the proposal of the workshop, but we will see on how our program goes. Then we will come up with a date. We will convert one of our meetings to be a sort of a workshop. Thank you very much for that. Really, it is a very important uh, information that we're getting today. Mindy, can we pass over the, this uh, item and get the, into the next item? Chairperson. The, the minister is here. Our thinking yes. is, is Mr. Nechipare speaking. So I will think that once the questions are done, we can then ask the minister to 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 conclude the the discussions. 
and then you can you can then close. Uh, that is a request. Um, th- thank you, thank you very much, Chairperson. I know that you are under extreme pressure, but I appreciate the opportunity again, and I wish to thank the members for all their questions. And uh, again, we 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 have opportunities of coming back from time to time to present on the APPs and uh, the midterms and all that. I'm hoping that some of the questions will continuously be. Uh, within the members' thinking, so that we continuously respond and 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 uh, make members feel comfortable with what we are doing. The one issue, Chairperson, that I'd like to really emphasize from a point of view of um, uh, NDA, DSD, is the and and SASA, is the the portfolio approach and the thinking, which is. NDA is not a standalone uh, in as far as uh, opportunities of supporting our 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 um, uh, community based organizations. SASA also needs to look at what are the opportunities. Why, how does it support NDA? The same thing applies with um, DSD itself. And also to say uh, we need to do everything we can to make sure that jobs are created because when jobs are created, life is made easy for our people. And government cannot wait on the sideline waiting, for instance, for the private sector to create those jobs because it's an anomaly in South Africa that many of our people who are in jobs are jobs that are created by, by government. So we need to work collectively together and push at the private sector to also appreciate the fact that creation of jobs can never be a government alone thing. But while we are still waiting for the economy to do better, we need to make sure that we, we support our communities through the community-based organizations. Thank you very much, Chairperson, uh, for the opportunity. And, and I wish to thank the, the NDA for their presentation, as well as SASA and, and DSD who are also on the platform. Thank you. Thank you very much, Minister. Yeah, I I I fully agree that there is no standalone entity and department. If we can integrate our programs and also assist one another in making sure that they are successful, that will also assist us. Can we then go to the next item, Lindy? Thanks ever so much for all those presentations that have been made today. Chair, uh, this is an internal business. Uh, maybe you can, the department, be excused or must they also be part of the program, the committee report? No, 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 Lindy. Can they be excused from the meeting? Thanks ever so much again once more. Thank you. Thank, thank you very much. Yes, we are looking forward for the workshop on this presentation that we managed to get today. Chairperson, I think, uh, members, as you are aware, that we commence with the legislation process of the fund um, raising amendment bill. We have done the A-list, adopted the B-bill. So today is the final stage 
of processing this piece of legislation just to adopt the report so that it can be ATC um, and, and, and then a debate be scheduled for the committee to debate it and consequently to be referred to the NCOP. That is that, that process to, 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 to finalize the bill, Chair. Uh, Chair, um, uh, the first part is just the details of the of the bill and and in terms of parliament and, and as well as the uh, the second one it gives the context context and background of this piece of legislation where does it come from you know what are the problems and why is it been um, revised um, because it talks about the three accounts uh, that were dormant and then make it difficult to address a wide range emergency situation affecting vulnerable communities. Chair, uh, in terms of the parliamentary process, uh, on the 20th of November 2020, uh, this piece of legislation was referred to this committee for consideration and reporting. On the 2nd of June, 2021, the committee invited the department to brief it on the legislation, on this legislation. And then as a constitutional um, um, uh, mandate for the committee to ensure that all pieces of legislation are publicized, there should be a public participation process that the committee embarked on. So this piece of legislation was advertised in the national local and regional um, newspapers requesting public comments. And then it only received one present, uh, one submission from the Western Cape government, and then which the coordinate advisor uh, presented the analysis and the department in the same meeting came to respond to that submission. Chair, um, I know the objectives of the bill is stipulated in the bill. Sorry, Chair, um, a message is coming in. Um, Chair, the ob objectives of the bill are to amend the Fundraising Act 1978 and etc. And then, Chair, the last part is just to show which amendments the, the committee had agreed on. Um, sorry, Chair. Uh, oh, why is it moving? Sorry, Chair. Sorry, 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 members. This thing is not moving. Okay. Uh, chair, the last part, Chair, after um, explaining the objectives of the bill, uh, the committee met um, uh, two meetings to consider the amendments. And then these are the following amendments that the committee agreed on, uh, which was adopted by this committee on the 9th of September, clause two, clause three, clause four, clause nine, and then the short title and the long title was amended. And then um, the committee unanimously agreed to the bill with amendments. The amended bill was then adopted by this committee on the 9th of September. The recommendation of this committee, uh, as far as this piece of legislation is concerned, recommends that the House adopts this report and approves the second reading of the fundraising amendment bill, B29 of 2020, B29B, because they will, uh, they will consider the B version chair. So members, chairperson and members, 
This is the uh, committee report on the fundraising amendment bill for your consideration and adoption. I thank you very much, Chair. Over to you, Chairperson. Thank you, Linda. Can we then adopt this report as presented by Linda? Honorable members. Chairperson. Chairperson. Yes. This is this is Bridget. Yes, Honorable Master. Yes, Chairperson. I wasn't at the meeting on Friday when the final final presentation was done, but I have had access to the report that was sent to us, and I I would like to move for the adoption of the report and uh, for the for the process to move to the National Assembly. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Masango. Any second? Masango, any second? Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chairperson. I would like to second the proposal by Honorable Masango for the adoption of the report. Thank you very much. Thank you, Honorable Stock. The committee report has been adopted and seconded by Honorable Stock. Then is there anything, Linda, that is outstanding? No, Chair, that that was the last uh, agenda item for the day. But I will send an WhatsApp regarding the the conference that 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 um correspondence from the speaker who five members attend that conference. from member from member Masango. Okay. It's member it's mem- it's honorable member Mbano and honorable member with that is honorable Jehan. And member, member Honorable Masango, and who else? Not yet. Not yet. Is it the whip and the 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 mamela, the 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 chairperson and the whip? Okay. It has to be part and parcel, and then you add whoever that will be available to that two of us. Masango, member Masango has confirmed to attend. Yes. So yes, we are left with two, with two members. Okay. Okay, Hello? Sorry, ma'am, I completely forgot about that thing. I was also supposed to send my name through. I completely forgot about it, Chairperson. Um, I will attend that meeting on Monday. I can hear you, Chairperson. Okay. Thank you very yeah. much, uh, Honorable Colleague. Um, Lindy, are you going to send to us uh, what where is this going to be held? It's and the transport so to that, all those stuff. Thank you very I'll much. I'll check with so them. Why would you do the arrangements? Uh, okay. EPN, where, where is it? Where is I think it? it's, it's going to be here in Cape Town. No, take it Cape Town. They haven't sent me the, the actual details. I've seen they just okay. called me to say that the speaker said that it can't be on Monday because it's a political day. So they just consider to make it for Tuesday. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Give us the information. 
send us the information we have to know exactly on time what is it. Okay. Thank you very much. The meeting has adjourned. Thanks ever so much, all honorable members that have managed to attend this meeting. Love you all. Bye. Thank you, Jane. Thank you.